Welcome to Witch Police Radio, episode number 42. I'm Sam, I'm here with John, Morning. and we are two of the regular co-hosts for the show, but we're actually not on this episode. No. Uh, you have us on the intro, though, so we get our fingers in this somehow. Um, a lot of host swaps. Uh, yeah, days, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things have been a little crazy for the show lately, so there's been a lot of random host combinations. But uh, this time, Rob Crooks, is, uh, who is one of the main hosts of the show, is doing this by himself. Um, he decided to change things a little bit from past weeks, uh, and this time he's doing a show focused only on one artist and he actually selected all the songs so he has two guests with him um talking about local rapper gruff the druid and uh unlike our usual show where the guests would pick things and it would be a random theme rob's kind of streamlined it to go do a kind of a historical over historical is maybe not the best word chronological overview of gruff's career from groups like twisted spirits freak show fermenter reptile etc yeah and so his two guests are yai and uh, all-time guest host Champion. Record leader, uh, <laughs> Elio Nest- Walsh, yeah, yeah, aka Nestor Windrush, and, uh, and so both both of these guys are very familiar with Gruff the Druid. They pre- were performing together, and yeah, I mean they're the both years. local rappers and involved in the local scene for a long time, and uh, they've kind of seen all this happen as well as knowing the guy personally, yeah, and working with him. So it's uh, it's definitely a rap nerd episode <laughs> in the sense that they they really go in depth about a lot of this Winnipeg rap, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, as someone who was, I mean, you know, we were saying uh, before we recorded this that we both saw Gruff and a lot of these guys live a lot back in the day, yeah, early, was, late nineties, early two thousands. We went to a lot of rap shows, but, and I have a lot of, I have some of his records. I have some of his group records, you know, uh, but there's a lot of this background stuff I didn't even know. And no. it's pretty interesting to hear, uh, especially from guys like Yai and Ness and Rob who are pretty, you know, I guess, pretty interested just by nature being in the scene in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the history of it so, so yeah it's cool it's, uh, so th- this is an audio wikipedia entry <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah well they talk about on the show that a lot of this information is ungoogleable so yeah. uh you know and they're even stuck a few times because this goes back to the early, like, early mid 90s i mean gruff's been around for a long time mm-hmm. and um rob said he wanted to do this because he thought that he thinks that Gruff is one of the best rappers he's ever heard, both like technically and creatively, but kind of slipped through the cracks, um, and should have been a lot bigger and better known than he was, than he is. I guess he's still still making music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's com- there's another album like coming out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. And he had a single that Rob was on and that came out recently, and yeah, I think it's a marathon of dope. Yeah, and it's, so it's interesting because yeah, there was a huge, there was def- a definite rap heyday in Winnipeg yeah. uh, around the time when you know the like Peanuts and Corn was you know doing. Yeah, I, I don't even know if they're still really doing well. a lot of. I mean, I know they put it's, out they yeah, still, and it's, so it's interesting because they all still make rap music. Yeah, uh, to to one degree or another, and yeah. we'll come up with albums. It's just you know not the same scene in Winnipeg anymore. It doesn't seem like it from someone the, the perspective of someone who didn't who went out kind of you know I, I would say I was a casual fan mm-hmm. of it, but I mean a lot of those records uh, that these guys were on, especially Gruff like with Fermenter Reptile and stuff, were kind of key records for me in terms of. Uh, getting into rap in the first place in a bigger way than just kind of hearing, you know. Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill and Wu-Tang, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, not, nothing against those groups, but it really opened up like, well, Winnipeg can do this. This is... Yeah, it was pretty amazing. To, I remember going to shows and just yeah. being pretty wowed. Yeah, and Gruff always seemed like someone who was doing something a little different too than the other... I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys in that scene who were doing really interesting things, including, you know, people like Pipskate who's been on the show a few times and, and Yaya and Ness and everybody, but... Uh, Gruff definitely with the kind of more spoken word poetry almost mm-hmm. over top of beats kind of thing. And I mean, that, that was always really cool. And uh, so to hear some of the background is interesting, as well as a lot of songs that people might not know about from the early, you know, someone who has Druidry, the Druidry album might not necessarily have heard the Twisted Spirit stuff or, you know, someone from Enter Reptile 
might not have heard the more recent stuff, might not even realize that he's still he's still making music. So, mm-hmm. so it's a cool show. Um, I uh, it's different from our usual format. Yeah, but I think I really we may like go off the uh, the randomly generated theme path from time to time, especially you know when an idea like this comes up. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. So if you want to hear uh, more of our shows, you should go to the www.wishpolice.com. On the top uh, sidebar thing, there's a podcast button. Click on that. It has the whole archives of the past 41 shows we've done. Uh, free download and streaming. You can listen to our show on Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM in Winnipeg. Uh, if you're not in Winnipeg, umfm.com. You can stream it 11 p.m. Central Time. Uh, we're on Twitter at WitchPoliceFM, on Facebook, facebook.com slash WitchPoliceRadio. You can find Rob at robcrooks.com. And uh, a lot of these guys have records on Marathon of Dope, which is probably worth mentioning because mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty sure Gruff's new thing is coming out on that label yeah. and Rob's on that label and whatnot. So that's marathonofdope.com. Uh, and a lot of that's, you know, pay what you want or free downloads kind of thing, too. So that's cool. And, uh, yeah, we're going to play a song like we usually do. We haven't decided what it is yet, but <laughs> it's going to be something that uh, involves Gruff and possibly some of the other guys, too. So check it out and enjoy the show. You'll never headline it, somehow you follow the smell 
Smith Ballers to this, I'm trying to profit and binge I stop but it crawls in my skin Like twins spotting off the syringe I'm committed, going to waffle too long i was we partied one night in court trick and that was more than enough for me really yeah it was weird he's djing two nights there and we have two shows there so i'm sure that'll be the extent of my party his friends are like just the people who live there and just like kind of bad news really well yeah just because like court trick's kind of a small town right so it's kind of people who just stayed behind and did nothing okay. with their lives really <laughs> just everyone get, else moved to and Bruges they, or brussels or yeah and all these people just get fucking drunk and high on drugs and just oh yeah not really a good scene really 
That was my that was my experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's guys like Nomad who are you know Nomad doesn't drink or do drugs or anything. Oh, he doesn't. No, no. he's actually really uh, kind of serious guy from from like my experience. Yeah. Keep talking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of Tom's friends there who are fucking seem kind of crazy and really. And then just because it's such a small town, there's a lot of people that Tom doesn't even like, but they're in his circle of like okay. of people he knows. I could kind of see Tom like that too. Yeah. Imagine. Oh, that's cool. I'm gonna try and take the train lots. And yeah. You don't want to stay in Cork Trek for too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some good food there, though. Really? Yeah. I'm working up my tolerance for both dairy and meat right now because I figure. Oh, you're not vegetarian anymore. Well, I I mostly have been, but. Uh, I mean, Sarah's got me eating the odd thing a bit more the last half year or so. We'll go out somewhere and I'll try something and not be so strict about it. But right now, I could probably fuck with just about anything. Yeah, there's a great burger place in his in his town. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I think I got okay. Decent so levels. we don't have to go very close. We could talk like this, or you could. It'd be better if you guys sit up, right? Okay. Because I'm hearing myself perfectly fine right now. Okay. There's going to be a bit of echo. This is this also isn't like a multi-directional mic, Yes, right? it is. It's omnidirectional. Oh, it yeah. Okay. That's what that box is for. That makes it omnidirectional? Yeah. It it's, sends a signal here of what it wants to accept. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. No wonder this mic costs so much money. Yeah. The, that's a preamp too, right? So. Yeah. Um, okay. So... Oh, can I just come to your house and record my vocals from now on? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Dude, I don't mess around, man. Uh, it's your show. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> welcome to Witch Police Radio. Um, today on the show, um, we're doing something a little different than what we usually do. Um, instead of picking a theme and having the guests pick a song, uh, pick songs that relate to that theme, we're doing an episode that is purely based around one artist, and instead of the go- the guests picking songs, the host, me, Rob, I picked all the songs. And um, let me introduce my guests first. Um, first we have uh, Elliot Walsh, aka Nestor Winrush, aka, but don't call him, Satchel Page. Um, he's been on the show before. This is what your third time. I think you you're you just broke your own record for being on the show the most <laughs> amount of times. I'm not on the show right now. I'm a figment of your imagination. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this by myself. <laughs> <laughs> you've you've mastered ventrilo- ventriloquism. <laughs> um, there's a dog at the door apparently. Oh, I forgot about the dog. Okay, so uh, do you need to take control of the dog? Could you guys put the dog outside, please? Um, so, our other guest today is the first-time guest we're very happy to have on the show. Um, Danny Corrigan, a.k.a. Yai. Yes. A.k.a. Big Little. Hey. <laughs> I like that. How's it going? <laughs> good. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. Thank you. Uh, we, should, we need to have you on the show again so you can pick your own songs. I'll do that. I'll pick yeah. my own songs. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got a very extensive knowledge of, uh, of certain types of music. So yeah, we, we need to do that. But today, it's all, about, uh, it's all about Gruff the Druid. We're playing uh, exclusively Gruff the Druid songs. Um, we've done something similar like this before where we did, uh, we did a Wu-Tang episode 
uh, where we did all Wu Tang songs. But was it what was different with that one is that we had guests and then we had let the guests choose what Wu Tang songs they wanted to play. This one I wanted to have a little bit more control because I kind of wanted to do a chronological thing with with Gruff the Druid from his earliest stuff on to his mid stuff now to his uh, to his most recent stuff. Um, so I invited two people who I think would know a lot about Gruff and his music to come on the show. But uh, Danny, maybe we should speak a little bit about you before we get into the Gruff stuff. You're yep. you're a local MC. Yep. Repping peanuts and corn. Yes. Um, you start. You came up as uh, Milch uh, and Allegra. Your brother, in my backpack crew. Yep. Then you did some did some stuff with McEnroe. Yeah, I've been with PNC for I don't know, like ten years. Anyways, probably eleven. Uh, and actually, kind of, I think. What's the first thing I did with Gruff? I think I was on the B side of, of Plants off his uh, his first solo album. So that was my first introduction to being on vinyl myself, and uh, yeah. you were on vinyl pretty quickly. Yeah, that was like I guess that's PNC at the time, right? Yeah, I guess so. You know, because e Evil was just here, and Evil is just putting out his first piece of vinyl ever. Like he's gonna be on vinyl for the Whoa. first time really? ever coming yeah. out. Yeah, huh. that's crazy. very interesting because he's been in the game for a really long time. Yeah. I remember feeling really bad about that when, because uh, when I first got on PNC. Uh, McEnroe was trying to press everything on vinyl and I had an EP so it didn't have to be a double vinyl so before Pip Skid or Gruff or anything I had a full well it was an EP but it was 8 songs long uh, my first solo album was completely pressed on vinyl which felt really strange <laughs> right because they were just doing the, the 12 inches yeah, yeah. Right. But. and yeah you had uh, Hold the Fort Down yep. on vinyl yep. right. that's a great record yeah. <laughs> what is your dog's name? Boo. Boo. Okay, you guys can open the. D do you need to take care of that? Yeah. Okay, so uh, maybe I'll uh, just go ahead with the podcast while you take care of Boo. Yeah, let's do that. Boo. Okay. Oh, then there's my daughter. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Family affair. Uh yeah so yeah so Gruff the Druid is um. He's also a local rapper. He came up um, as a member originally of Twisted Spirits. Yeah. And he was in uh, Twisted Spirits with uh, Mark Mushinsky, a.k.a. Galavanting Spoof. Yep. And uh, local celebrity. Hi. <laughs> uh, so he was in Twisted Spirits with Martin Mashinsky, aka Galavantic Spoof, and local celebrities Mile Alpha, who people might know from uh, CBC Radio. Formerly known as Motion. Formerly known as Motion, and uh, that group, um, that group was eventually absorbed into Freak Show. Um, Freak Show at first was just was just Sunil and um, Shazam and Shazam. And so I'm not exactly sure on this timeline how this worked because obviously Sunil was making all the beats for Twisted Spirits. Yeah. And so somehow these groups became one, and then when they put out their first CD, they even grew. They even grew larger when they had Grasshopper and Gumball. I think it was probably about ninety. I'm gonna say ninety-five, probably give or take. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it might have been early 96 or something, but probably 95, uh, the five of them joined forces with Gumball 
and Legend and uh, Grasshopper, I think, jumped on board at the same time and was official. Yeah, well, there's also uh, Stress was involved. Stress, yeah. Right. Um, uh, I wish that there was someone here that could answer the, the missing gap. Or, so they would meet on the radio quite a bit with uh, Dialogue. Uh, Dialogue was with Stress. Stress. They had the Stress Files. Um, the French at station. the French station, and they they would come down quite a bit. I want to say one of them was also involved on the radio show, uh, but that's all speculative. And they would play a lot of freak show new stuff that was coming out of their 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 posse. Um, Which, if I can interject here, was really awesome because right when they were about to drop the Motion album, uh, Ismaila's first solo album, they would drop like one minute clips of either alternate versions oh. of the tracks or total exclusive that didn't make the album that I thought was really awesome and they'd always pair it with the, the motion detector single at the time so I got a few of those on tape so I should have that's pretty with it. that's pretty cool yeah. okay I didn't but, know that they did all that that's that's uh, and all this is I'm, I'm recounting this because it was told to me it's not that I experienced it I didn't live here at the time Yeah. so it's only from stress and from what dialogue have told me um, beforehand of, of of how the whole progression into motion and and that album happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I was a part of the recording for People in Your Neighborhood, the first Freak Show record. Right. And Hold on, People in Your Neighborhood was... The first, sorry, first CD of... What about Tournament Edition? That was Tournament the, Edition was not a CD. It, that was just a compilation of their older stuff. That was just a stuff. compilation okay. of their older yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. yes. And this is this is tournament edition, right? Yeah, yeah. So this came out after People in Your Neighborhood, which right. had the hockey player, the goalie mm-hmm. mask, on there, and um, that, that porn star. On yes, it. had uh, Nina Hartley. Right. That's that's her name. I could be. Yes, sounds right. Yeah. Um, from she's from Deep Throat. I think that was her big claim to fame. Oh, might be yeah. wrong. Okay. Might be wrong, but. Anyways, it wouldn't be the first time on this radio program that I'm wrong, or anybody else. Or, is yeah. <laughs> I think we're probably more often wrong than right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that was the, my introduction to to Gruff and to Freak Show was through Stress and doing the radio show with him at U U of M, and that was already a few years into it because Stress Files had been uh, had vacated uh, the French station. There's some turmoil that was happening over there, and they needed a new home. So Dialogue and I had been friends previously because I was sending cassettes to him and to one of my cousins out here, Kareem, and they were friends. And then Dialogue introduced me to Stress, and then Stress introduced me to the rest of those guys. And Shazam lived in the same complex, actually, when I lived here as a kid. Shazam's a member of Freak Show. Um, And he lived in the same complex when I was a little kid uh, in the South End. Of um of Winnipeg, he lived in the red apartments. I lived in the the black and white ones, in a uh, nice subsidized housing in 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 Winnipeg, Manitoba. So, do you have an idea of how Sh- Shazam? Because obviously Shazam and um, Sunil, they grew up in the same neighborhood ish, kind of like uh, yeah. Because I think Sh- Shazam's he moved more to the south end, more in the south end. Yeah. Um. But how? Because because like uh, Gruff. Uh, Marty and his model, they all lived in like Fort Gary. Yeah, Fort Fort Rouge area, that's where those guys lived. Um You're you're making me try to remember. I'm, well I'm, I was curious. I was thinking about this myself because I know like um 
you know, I know this this story. There's even like the song on the Druidry album where uh, Galvantic Spoof Marty raps about how him and Gruff met at basketball camp. And, oh, really? Yeah, and they just they just both <laughs> yeah. loved rap music, so they became friends. And I know his mala kind of grew up in that neighborhood, so it all kind of makes sense. But I'm I'm kind of confused about how the three of them, Twisted Spirits, like joined forces with Sunil and uh, Shazam. That's a good question, cause uh, now who was it? Uh, this is just from talking to Gruff, but if I'm not mistaken, Twisted Spirits was originally—I don't know if they were called that—but there were two of them that started. There was two of them, yeah. Now, which was... two was it? Was it was it Gruff and Spoof or Gruff and Ismala? I, I... <laughs> you know what? This is this is why research is, is important, and and Pip Skid wherever you are, ungoogleable <laughs> research. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I think we've. Uh, We've left that open to, for the listeners to find out. So I'm going to play the first song. Uh, you know what? I, I just want to say, first off, is that um, we're trying to piece together this whole freak show, Twisted Spirits, uh, w- who they became um, eventually. And that kind of is one of the building blocks of, of Winnipeg rap and, and Canadian rap, um, Western Canadian rap for sure. And the ethics that these guys brought on on to their on stage performance before they yeah. even had a record became renowned like it, it is it's so fitting that we don't know or cannot remember how they actually formed because it's part of like almost they're, they're like so they're, mythological they're, yeah it's so mythological yeah. it's almost they're they're it's it's become part of folklore now yeah um but they and we're just polluting that right now. It is it's true. No, no, but 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 it, it there is a mystique of uh, and younger people may not realize that, but freak show were in heavy battles at the time with with the mood roughs of the world and and the PNC the peanuts and corn guys they yeah. and uh, bonafide at the time too like they wanted to be supreme in the city they took it back to like old school rap of 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 New York City and crews. But they wanted to be the dominant crew, so their performances were always top notch. They'd 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 be playing roles on stage, be wearing different clothes. Um, they were acting, they were dancing. They could do everything. They could rap, they could dance. Um, yeah, it just their performances became something different than just a rapper and a DJ. And their DJ Grasshopper, who who became their DJ, uh, won DMCs. He was like one of the best. Uh, fundamentally sound uh, turntablist of that era, uh, period, um, in, in this country for sure, and uh, so they had they had basically the dream team of what they wanted to do, mm-hmm, and yeah. and Gruff was that's what Gruff came up in. Well, and Gruff and I find it so interesting that Gruff fit in with them because he he was a weirdo like they all were, but he was just so unique. Yes, and the the topics that he would talk about and just like the way he would really. You know, dive into shit so deeply with his with his rhymes. Even even in the, on this twisted spirit shit, like even on the really early stuff, he's really like going so much beyond what you know you might think of as a typical rap song. And like for this is like mid '90s shit, right? So it's mm-hmm. like he was he was always on another level. He was always on some other shit, but he fit into Freak Show so perfectly, right? Because it's a it's a group of freaks, right? And yeah. the first introduction to Freak Show for me actually. Before I met them was the the patience video, okay, and I remember being in Toronto 
uh, in Mississauga in my high school and people knew I was from Winnipeg and they're like, did you see that that Winnipeg video? And you normally talk about videos, but videos are on and you could care less, like if they're crappy. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, there's some Winnipeg guys. You guys go in the snow like all all with uh, no shirt on and stuff like that? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And, and that might have been uh, part of this the modern era of Winnipeg rap, like the first video out of all of those crews. Oh yeah, yeah, well, like, it totally was. It was, yeah, and yeah. and there was an earlier video uh, I saw posted on YouTube of of some previous group in Winnipeg, but it probably was a good ten year gap yeah. between that and Freak Show, and they were the first. Like they were the first to get on much music. Yeah, much music easily. Yeah, and beyond first, that, later, like they were the first one to press a, a real CD. You know, with the Emotion album. Oh, that's and, true. Which yeah, their yeah, original yeah. idea, I think, was to do solo albums for each member, just starting with with Motion and then, you know, going beyond there. See, mm-hmm. uh, you need to get Shazam one of these days on one of these podcasts if you possibly can. I would love to. He lives in Toronto. Though. Yeah, he lives in Toronto, but when he he comes here ever so often. Shazam will tell you stories beyond stories of how yeah. these guys fit in and how they're all awkward from each other as well. Because mm-hmm. he talks about stealing products from malls on a regular basis yeah. um, and, and the scams that they were running and scaring Grasshopper on the road while he's driving and one of them mysteriously putting a body part over his shoulder and almost <laughs> like getting him to drive off the road if you can picture what I'm talking about um, <laughs> like doing some some fraternity kind of yeah, they were crazy man. yeah they were just crazy dudes and they and how they followed um, there was a tour that went on in Canada and they just tagged along for a lot of yeah, the that tour was, that was the two, that was like the I can't remember what it was called but it was like it had chaos it had like rascals it yes had ghetto concept and, and, they, and they just bum rushed it. <laughs> they just showed up and were like, "We're playing this show." Oh, I didn't know that. And like they yeah, they followed the tour across Canada, being like, "Okay, we're opening." And like, as I've talked to Ismail about this, <laughs> I talked to Ismail about this, and like, he's got lots of stories that I don't want to tell out of school, but he's got yeah. a lot of great stories yeah. about interacting <laughs> with those different guys on the tour. It's um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? Between Ismail and Shazam. I really believe that those guys are the documenters. Like they're they're good storytellers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Shazam's like a fantastic storyteller. Yeah. Um. And and Martin will tell you a few things too because he was managing them. Yeah. At that time, so his perspective on what was going on is completely different from Shazam and his yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you see going on? It'd be great to have all, It'd be great to have all three of them on the podcast, <laughs> but, but interview them in different rooms. <laughs> <laughs> tell, them, tell the same stories from different yeah. perspectives. Yeah. yeah, man. Um. So yeah, that's that's an introduction to 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 what Gruff came from yeah. uh, in, in Winnipeg and in rap and in. How they hold that that special place in the pantheon of what is Winnipeg rap and Canadian rap, um, yeah. I just so, want to spell that. Yeah, out. so I'm gonna play this song. It's it's off the uh, it's off a of Twisted Spirits cassette, and uh, at this time they were already they're already well. There's no freak show insignia on that on the tape, but it was produced by Sunil. Lolo was the Lol. Thank you, the Lolo. The label at yeah, the time. Lolo Productions. Yeah, and. Uh, the stress does the cuts, like you guys are saying from mm-hmm. from the stress files. Yeah. Um, so this is Gruff is the first one who raps on this. Then I believe it's uh, then I believe it's Marty, then is Mala, or maybe it's his Mala, then Marty, whichever. But Gruff is first, and uh, so this is I chose this song because it's just really fucking raw, and I really 
I think this kind of embodies why I love Freak Show so much. Uh, just really raw beat with really raw rap. So uh, this song is called Spirit You Will Feel uh, off Twisted Spirit's Wet Dreams cassette. So uh, yeah, let's listen to it. To make it bubble like a boil So sniff this like crack See what freaks with these butt cheeks I speak over pimp squeeze Kick a weak attraction No halls in my drawers What's the cost for paper action? Rough is making traction Cause I'm sneaky like a klepto Flowing too abysmal But you can't call me capto So I'm seeking bush I like to push in the boxes Running through the forest Like my name was Goldilocks Watch this and hide I'm fresher than jive Squeezing booty like fruit you can call me Five Alive, hey guys. My shit's on needle, number one taco supremo. Making proxy thrive, take the dive like Captain Nemo. CEO, keep dreaming, I'm shooting off like semen and creaming. So, chap, here's the cap for your blistic. But that won't protect you when I flex, I'm getting twisted. God or Allah, whichever you may please. Cause yo, I'm not holy, but I smoke MCs, then seize the mic like a hostage and take charge like Pisa. While like Pisa, I tower in competition cowards. Cause of how my powers range, now it's morphing time. And I've come to bring pain to all weak MCs who can't believe that I've done this. Cause they can't follow my flows, even with a map and compass. I dump this or drop this, burst just like acid. Just call my style booter, cause you know I got it massive. And when I step forth, take a step back. Cause I swing my flow like a bat. And it's known that I bring more pain to your brain than a migraine. When you try to fuck with this light skin, five foot ten, third fraction of the twisted trio. Once my rhymes hit, I'll leave you lying like a Leo. So CO, operating, there will be no bones. Broken while my lines keep rolling like the stones. Don't try to bite my lyrics, cause they're bound to break your jaws. jaws. So step in your grip that you did.
Okay, so uh, that was Spirit You Will Feel from uh, the Twisted Spirits Wet Dreams cassette. Uh, like we were saying before, Twisted Spirits eventually got absorbed into Freak Show. Um, yeah, so uh, we were talking about what Freak Show meant to the city at that point in time. They obviously kind of put Winnipeg on the map as a city to look for, for hip-hop talent. Yeah, them... The, the the holy trinity I guess say them and um, Moodruff and, and the, the PNC guys like are sorry I should say Farm Fresh so Farm Fresh well Shades when, when was it because Shades had a video not too long after Patience on it much music yeah Shades that was a, that was a farewell it later, was a farewell because that was comprehension right but that was still in the 90s because I was still in yeah I was it might still have in been school. late 90s well like, really it was late, late 90s. 90s it was like at least two or three years after because oh, yeah, yeah. Patience is, I want to say that came out ninety five or ninety six in a video it's a 96, form. Ninety six, yeah, yeah. And uh, comprehension was probably ninety nine, maybe. I mean, 98? this this Twisted Spirits came out in probably early ninety five. Okay, yeah, because yeah. the first the first tapes were the the first couple P and C releases to be released in Winnipeg, and they were I think like the very end of ninety four. So this is okay. early ninety five. Nice. So that other stuff was probably nice. Here's but. here's the one thing that you people uh, in Radio Land, Podcast Land, need to know about Danny Corrigan, a.k.a. Yibert, a.k.a. Yai, is that he is the tape king of local... the local documentarian of Canadian or Winnipeg tape culture. I'd say that. You, you've, you've, you've collected a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and you've and you kept it in good condition. Sure, I even I prided myself on that to the point where on my first solo album, I I did a song about these old Winnipeg tapes, and I took a line from each MC, mm-hmm. and uh, that's true. You know, that's almost webbed it together. About that song. Yeah, yeah, webbed it together into a song. So that's yeah, kind of playing. Play I just back to that, but I just needed to make people aware of right. where you're coming from, not just as an artist. Yeah, but you've you were totally the guy that had all these cassettes and lend out. Yeah, totally. In case people miss it, like Rob Crooks and myself. Uh-huh. That's, and that's why we need to have you on the show where you get to choose your own songs because I'm sure you can really dig deep. Yeah. So uh, so I want to get into like what, what happened with Freak Show. Um, they put out... The, the only really ones... The only solo albums they put out as Freak Show albums were as Mala albums. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's actually true. Yeah. Um, and I know it was because I know Marty really wanted to push his mala, but uh, well, they did the Shazam. Shazam, later. yeah, Shazam oh, that's was right. later. That's yeah. right, right. Yeah, but he's talking about yeah, like, that's that's the number of years after. Yeah. I think even for, for what it's worth, Gumball did a a tape that I never even had. I think it was like a two or three song tape. Um, what was it? Uh, Barbituate was was the B side, and uh, it was something off of one of their. Uh, people in your neighborhood or something like that but it was just like a hand-to-hand give it to people type of thing but okay. as far of a real release it's Mala and then I, like later Shazam okay and so um so Sunil who is producing hi <laughs> oh <laughs> how are you darling okay you got a talent you got no clothes <laughs> <laughs> um so Sunil was Sunil was producing almost all this stuff at the time yeah and well no all of it yeah. and um, yeah. yeah I guess from what I understand and maybe you guys can fill me in if I'm wrong but he ended up moving to India 
and becoming like a like a pop star, like a hip hop pop star there. And like to the point where he was he was writing like English songs for the for the Punjab artists over there and he was yeah, like on MTV. I heard like stories about him being on MTV with Mob Deep and stuff like in the studio and yeah, and, I saw that video too. Like that's yeah. up on YouTube, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. he and they had that first the first big hit he had over there was produced by Cutdown, who was the the DJ and and producer for Freak Show kind of after Sunil stopped doing yeah. that role. When yeah. when when Mike came or Cutdown, oh, man, I gotta get in my rap vernacular. Uh, came from Thunder Bay, and uh, he started working with 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 Freak Show because they needed a producer. Again. Yeah, because Sunil was gone. Sunil yeah. was gone, yeah. And uh, Sunil's house, this is kind of in the transition time of, of people in your neighborhood coming out and they're just deciding to put out the CD. I remember going into there, into the basement and seeing all this equipment. And it was the first actual studio setting that I've been in that the guy had a lot of equipment. Mm. And... Um, yeah, that's you could you could see how they depended on him for that. And that was also Martin Machinsky. He he always saw everyone as having their own place as a part of this piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And so when uh Sunil was gone, Martin was really happy for him. But he needed to find someone else to make music with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh that would preserve the whole freak show sound and, and, and drive it forward. Yeah. And he got the young hungry cut down mm-hmm. that was just on that level and ready to do things yeah and it kind of really fit into the aesthetic yes um yes yeah, so i guess uh so like we said sunil is you know in india and i guess he's still a superstar over there i don't know um ismala is on cbc radio he's also in a group called alpha now um he was in a group with you at a point oh as yeah well. right he's in magnum ki i forgot yes. about that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i know gumball put out a CD not too long ago. Yep. Um, uh, under the name Refill. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, uh, Shazam had that solo record a while later. And uh, so, yeah, yeah I, Stress is still around. Michael Shazam, right. Yeah. I, at yeah. one point, uh, Spoof was, was scheduled to do an album for Peanuts and Corn. I remember that. I think a couple of solo uh, songs came out, but the album never totally materialized. He, right. He had that, he had that, sorry, he had that amazing song on Factory Seconds. Seconds. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I asked him about that, um, what happened to his record, because he said he had a few songs recorded, and, and it was supposed to be put out by PNC, actually. Yeah. Um, him and, and Roddy were talking on uh, McEnroe. And uh, he just said that, the stuff he was talking about or wanted to talk about just was being talked about at the time and he didn't see his his proper place in what is what was then modern rap he just thought that he wanted ideas to be fresh yeah and he really had a a, a code again a, these these guys are driven on a code of ethics right and it's you got to be fresh you got to be new um and also got to put in that that hard work but being fresh and being cutting edge was one of the things that they really took um, pride in, and and if Martin couldn't do that, he really didn't want to be putting out a a, a record. Um, speaking of new and fresh, uh, Sunil, when they recorded their material, Patience, if you listen to it, um, and this is Martin who's told me this, is that on a few of their songs you could hear the vocals mm-hmm. overlapping, and then if you 
listen to it on your headphones, they're actually coming from the left and from the right. Yeah. They pan the vocals. So there's there's different things going on, and sometimes they have the same vocals going on or different vocals going on at the same time. Well, they, I yeah. know they did that like on the on the freak sh- like the early freak show tapes. Yes. Where it was just Sunil and Shazam. They're right. They're rapping. They're both rapping verses. In yes. Each, in each channel, which. Yeah. It's something that was like I think that might even predated when like uh Late Tirix was doing that. Mm, like sure. They were like really early on that too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh so they they always try to be cutting edge and do things that were different than everybody else that was out there at the time. Uh and and in retrospect you see how uh how ahead of their time they actually were trying to be and how how avant-garde they they're taking risks. Mm-hmm. And um they cuz they had weird songs. Like they Yeah, they, they did. Like they had that they had that really weird song about uh, them watching each other have sex with a with a girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like well, the, there was yeah. The, but, the, I forget what it's called, but it was off the first freak show cassette. Cassette, and, and then, then they, they redid it for uh, people in your neighborhood or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. And it was a good song. It was, it was. Oh, they were always really creative with yeah, their ideas. Yeah. You know? Their live shows as well, like we peep said show. Before. Peep show. Peep that's show. what it was called. Okay. Which that's was the one that had it. That's Nino Hartley. Nino Hartley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Go around in, in, in that. Okay, so. <laughs> we were uh, talking about how everybody went off to their own directions. Oh, and Stress, at that point, was doing uh, was doing radio, Hip Hop 101, which lasted forever. Um, lasted for a very long time. And he also was putting out mixtapes yeah. quite a bit at that point. So a lot of Winnipeg people um, got their new music at the time. Um, from stress, uh, that was the time when mixtapes were pretty prevalent. I mean, like actual tapes uh, that were mixed music together with rap. Um, and he was working for a group called. Oh, the last last crew? Not last crew. Last crew's a uh, French. Oh, that French was Grasshopper. Yeah, that's. Um... Oh, anyways, I'm not gonna remember what what the is a group from California. And he was oh, okay. he was starting to do work like oh, for yeah. people out the of backyard backyard rangers. rangers. That's their name. Uh, I didn't even. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he was trying to together. do work and trying to make his own his own beats and his own name at right, that point. Right. So okay, yeah. So uh, yeah. So then Gruff uh, Gruff hooked up with um, Peanuts and Corn. I guess mm. I guess him and uh, Pipskid, who who would have been in Farm Fresh while the Freak Show stuff was really popping. Yep. Um, I guess they just kind of met. Off being mutual weirds weirdos from their respective groups. Yeah, and kind of being you know they were both uh, I think becoming vegan at that time. Yeah, and, both and becoming political, really political into very political. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is this. Yeah, this timeline's right. I'm just trying to make sure we are going chronologically. But yeah, so they started the group uh, Fermented Reptile, uh, which was I think a really like. Um, it was obviously a really important album in Winnipeg hip hop. That was actually the first local hip hop I had heard, because that was what ninety nine when yeah, it came yeah, out. Yeah, right? that's, that sounds about right. And so I would have been like sixteen, and that was the first time. It wasn't the first time I heard local rap because I'd seen Mood Rough. I'd even seen Farm Fresh live at that point, but it was the first time I heard a local album and was like this is really good like this isn't just good for being local this is really really good and i think there there was that was the case for a lot of people and it was also that time where um there was people taking underground hip-hop into different directions and they were kind of really at the forefront of that 
mm-hmm. um, just in their political content and just their you know the way they wrote songs and how their their songs were kind of really dense and challenging. And uh, obviously McEnroe was at the top of his game with those beats back then. Uh, I gotta point out, and this is coming from uh, again stories being told to me. Roddy and I talked about this whole McEnroe, uh, McEnroe, sorry, or Roddy Rod, whatever. You, that's what he's known as at that point. Uh, just transitioning into McEnroe. Um, that Fermented Reptile for him and his label was very critical. In terms of right, the sound it, that he was going to shape and what they were going to do forward. And he said that it was so well received uh, what Gruff and Pat and Pip were doing. Or Wicked Wick- Nut. Or, was he known as Wicked Nut then? Or was he known as Pip Skid then? I think it was Pippy B Skid. Pippy B Skid? Okay. But it was also like AK Wicked Nut. And it was like... Uh, Pariah the leper. Thank it, like, yeah. It, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all those, all those dudes in Farm Fresh, Pamper uh, tape. were Pamper tape, they had yeah. different <laughs> names. Because Honeycut had DJ Bobo uh, and all these, like at least three or four different names too, yeah. as part of Farm Fresh. Yeah. So, anyways, he said that the record was so well received. However, they, the problem was the production. Someone pointed out it might have been Bartley Kivas, and then Roddy McEnroe just said. Okay, I gotta change how I'm doing things at this moment. So this was this was the record. This record came out before Park Like Setting. Oh, this is before. This Park was like yeah. the first PNC album that wasn't uh, that wasn't Farm, Farm Fresh, Fresh or or, Mac or, or or Mood Rough or Mac. Oh, right, because Ethics came out before. Yeah. Yes, before this. Yes, and yeah, there is definitely a transition. Like, well, we're gonna get into it later, and I think you know we're gonna play something off Gruff's Druidry, and I think that for me is McEnroe's best. Work. And I got a story about that too. Although, like, he does <laughs> disenfranchise really good too. But like at the time, Druidry was just really it was mind yeah. blowing. Yeah, but yeah. Dis- disenfranchise comes later on too. Yeah, and that was but that's such an amazingly produced record. Yeah. But it, but yeah, at the time, like this was in two. But we'll get to Druidry. Yeah, because yeah. I, I like to talk about the Wax Museum and so on and so forth. Because yeah. Gallivanting Spoof, Martin was a part of the whole Wax Museum, and and that was actually let's just go and play. No, let's talk about. Okay, so because that's actually, I remember, I remember the first time I heard Fermented Reptile is my homie from high school was like, "Let's go to the Wax Museum." I was like, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, it's a local record store," and that's when we listened to Fermented Reptile, and that was the first time I went to Wax Museum. Ah, okay. And that really was a pretty crazy moment for me. That um, the first time I ever met you was at Wax Museum. Yeah, probably. Okay, and you were a part of Optimus Rhyme and. Uh, yeah. What was what was your homie's name again? What was Gambit the Rhyme Bandit? <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so so Wax Museum was the brainchild of Martin Machinsky and Rob Trombley. Uh, it was a store that was in a very prominent um, young area called Osborne Village in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And now voted the best. Now voted. Yeah. <laughs> Thank some you. Weird reason. Uh, I talked over him, but he said, "Rob just said, voted best neighborhood to live in in Canada." Which people have doubted the whole reasoning behind that. But anyways, yeah. Maybe if you spend fifteen minutes there, you might think that. <laughs> Sixteen minutes? No. <laughs> so they they have this 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 shop set up there right below the toad in the hole, uh, which is a, a pub in Winnipeg. And yeah, what's in there now? Like, what is where the wax museum used to be? I it's think. it's now the 
the toad in the hole. No, no, the, sorry. The, the cavern is next. The cavern to it, is next to but, it. But it's it was like oh, there's a tattoo shop and it yeah, stretched okay. out over there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway, so that was a spot that people would go to to go and buy their records and have conversations. There'd been a few record stores before then uh, that have come and gone, but that was the one where it was Martin and then Rob, two very, very much enthusiasts of the music uh, that wanted to have a home for it. If you'd like to see what it looked like, you could go on YouTube and do a search on uh, Winnipeg Rap City. That's what you do. Winnipeg Rap City, because it was Rap City in, in Canada at that point. Um, and they did a special for an hour on Winnipeg hip hop. And there's a good scene of of all of us as young men. What? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. They had the camera going around that. and we look like a bunch of children. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm gonna there's go do that. So then there's a scene where Gruff is just rapping and I think I'm rapping in there too. Um but yeah, you get to see how rap uh Gruff doing the freestyles. But again, all of these Winnipeg guys are young and the f- store is full and it became a good community a spot for the community to meet. Yeah. Um anyways, that's that's uh store lasted maybe about two years, I wanna say, because I worked there, John Smith worked there. It seemed like only two years because it seemed like so many important things happened there. Like, yeah, yeah it was it was a good place because they did their shows there, and they kind of satellited out to the University of Winnipeg yeah, for yeah, a while. Yeah. And that's right, because yeah, so from then it it, it it when it closed, um, the records became and Rob became a part of uh, what is the Urban Bakery, and yeah. they had the vinylist after Wax Museum. So the vinylist was part of uh, Urban Bakery in downtown Winnipeg on Portage Avenue. And that's where, again, locals could go and sell their CDs or whatever else and buy records, um, which was a head shop in the front and also a clothing store. When Rob got out of the vinylist, uh, he ended up going to the UW and working for Petrified Soul. And uh, then he sold some vinyl from there too. But then that was the end of that. And that was probably the end of the vinyl being sold in Winnipeg besides another spot on Osborne. Um, yeah, and that that's that spot closed probably like two years, three years after the Wax Museum. I guess it was just such a really small time, like small period where people just were were buying the shit out of underground hip hop oh. vinyl. Like you could buy the most underground cats from anywhere in the world. People were going to the Wax Museum to buy it, you know. And it was yeah. It, I guess it just was really strong for a long time, and then people just stopped buying vinyl. It's for, um the other thing that the the Wax Museum was was trying to fill was skate which is a very important store in winnipeg in winnipeg history like just um for skaters and for musicians like that were selling independently mm. skate had closed their shop on 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 osborne or not osborne on cordon at the time they had their spot still i want to say they closed it but anyways then they opened up their spot in pembina but the music became less of a focus. Mm. But between the Wax Museum and the spot on Corden, they were that was where you'd go and buy your 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 rap. That's where you could find it. Um, and Sam the Record Man, where Honeycut and a lot of the other um, hip hop dudes like uh, Odario now of Grand Analog, then part of Mood Rough, he worked there as well. So on a regular basis, I'm bouncing all over the place right now. By the way. Because I have another story. All right, so 
At Sam the Record I Man. I think I'm a figment of your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, again, your friend Triloquism is doing very good. So, in Sam the Record Man, which was in Polo Park, uh, these gentlemen would work there. You had Honeycutt, you had Corey Frazier, which is an old hip-hop head, um, and you had Odario, which is uh, from Mood Rough, Grand Analog. And so... And a few others that were part of this this Winnipeg fraternity of, of rap and music lovers. And they would routinely put local rap in the front. You drop it off, and they put it in front of whatever um, category it was going to be in front. So it was in front of the That's rap category. That's how I discovered all these things. And they'd always switch it up. Hey, What's what Sam the Record Man? Is that? Sam the Record Man that was Pull in apart. Pull Apart. Right, because I remember before I was into rap, we would go there, and like me and my friend Sam, who, who runs Witch Police, yeah. we'd go there and buy like uh, Alien Hybrid cassettes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that was like, for a chain store, that's what they did. They would put local stuff up front. And you go over there and... On their top ten would routinely be Freak Show, would be Mood Rough, would be Farm Fresh. Mm-hmm. They really try to push it uh, for for the locals, and and it, it's a very important store at that point. Um, Rob Tremblay also was working at a place called Record Baron off of Portage Avenue before he uh, that, opened that, up Wax Museum. That was the one with the basement. That was the one with the basement that had like the punk rock and all yeah. that stuff. But then in the Record Baron in the attic where Rob was, he was responsible for the electronic music and the hip hop. Okay. And so when that closed down, Rob decided to join up with Martin and open up the Wax Museum. Mm. Yeah. So that's your lineage right there. Yeah. And so around this time, Fermented Reptile came out. Yes. So around this time, Fermented was getting together. Um, Roddy described it as in terms of. He noticed that Pip was doing, wanted to be more political, and he wasn't there yet. Yeah, because he, he was like, because some of it, like his farm fresh stuff, it, it's a lot different from what you know people generally know Pip's good for now. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. So that's Pip and him have been good friends or best friends for, and it sounds kitty, but it, they they still have a legitimate friendship. They're people that don't have to talk to each other. For months, but when they get together, they're still they're still friends. Yeah. Like they they have this history. So this idea for Mental Reptile came to be, and Roddy was the one to produce it, mm-hmm. basically. And it um it was it was cool too because the the freak show guys like you you touched on it before the freak show guys and the peanuts and corn guys didn't necessarily get along. No, even though you know they did tour together back then and stuff, but they they weren't they were like competitive, especially, yes. especially freak show. Very much so. So it was. It was interesting that Gruff was so. I guess he was so well respected by everyone that he was. It was okay for him to go do this record on Peanuts and Corn. See, right. and this right. is where an interview with Shazam, Martin, and Ismala would come in with completely. like their three different perspectives. Yeah, yeah because <laughs> I know that they all had their opinions about when Gruff was doing the record with with Pip. I know that they had they had their opinions. Um, but I'm not one to tell the story. So, yeah, and, yeah. and 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 I don't want to recount it wrong because, uh, yeah, you, you really need to do something like that. I would love to be, be able to get all those guys because that time is very fascinating in Winnipeg rap. Um, because if if Pip and Gruff did not make Fermented, 
I think that things would be completely different oh, in Winnipeg totally. rap. Yeah. What it's people hard, would be to, into. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those records that really made people pay attention to what was going on. Just like the Freak Show records, just like the Mood Rough records. But when it, things in the world and people growing up, um, they started to see the world a bit differently. And Fermented was totally that that uh, that bottle that 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 was able to 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 contain what was was happening at that time. I think the thing about fermented reptile too is that I think it got so many people um, to pay attention to rap that wouldn't necessarily have before. Yes, but but also to the whole peanuts and corn thing because you know obviously that record was really political and you know to this day you have you know politically minded. Um, people who are still love that record and still love Peanuts and Corn and still love Pipskin and still love Gruff because of that because of that music and maybe they don't really listen to other kinds of, of rap music right and, or, or if they do it's only political rap music and they just listen because there's those pockets of people that just listen to political music no matter what mm. genre and I think that was you know when you go to a Peanuts and Corn show back in the day like half the crowd would be you know, like those kind of politically minded, like anarchists or communal living kind yep. of people. Mm-hmm. So I think that's. Should, should we get in the song? I think. Yeah, we, we should. We should. So we're gonna play off of Fermented Reptiles album. Uh, Let's just call you quits. Um, it's it's a song called uh, The Law. Yeah. Um, it's a really important song, and uh, yeah, it's from 1999. So let's listen. You see this watch? See this watch? Yeah. That watch costs more than your car. I made $970,000 last year. How much you made? You see, pal, that's who I am, and you're nothing. the army so don't start with me i'm twisting arms of false alarms and hauling ass crashing parties i'm harming those with flaws for some who rise above the laws with legal spies who penalize if colonies don't priorize my prying eyes will fry or hide inside my district so if you're on my streets you'll be the treatment for my sickness prove yourself the quickest and i'll put you on my shit list then invade your privacy to make you take my bribery yeah i'll cause a rivalry underground and undercover agents and surveillance where you least expect assailants we project that we protect respecting those who pay taxes but the fact is a pacifist can leave me in rage easy to break smash and wound i'm putting you in a cage this anger grips night sticks and pepper spray with a menacing trigger to take your life quick and devastate so don't fuck with me i am the law i am the law that assassin you ever saw designated to make sure things run run smooth so don't fuck with me trust that your city is safe I am the law. I am the law. The baddest ass you ever saw. Designated to make sure things run, run smoothly. So don't fuck with me. And trust that your job is secure. I'm a suit wearing, strike breaking, strip of bacon. Back aching, people's time taken. Fine, collect the legal tender, labor law. Bend get in a bigger cut than government in a beer vent, a scab employing. I use figs for sound and sight. They will hand in a full report before you leave at night. Guilt tripping, into shape, ass whipping. Don't show up on time, fuck excuses. I'll be flipping, chair sitting. Or 
thought I'd give it Suburban living, homeless hating Unemployed making, motive driven There's no way you got the guts to give me your opinion All gather around my statue and celebrate Dominion advised more than handshake Cause all kinda fake, keep on sucking asshole And maybe you will escalate from spot surprise Pay increase to supervisor Meetings to manager, capital enterprise Eyes obedient, small from handing down such oppression Immigrant Russian that cleans my toilet needs a lesson Lost her job, hold it and shine, have that span So I hired a spit to come and purify the can Stock market reading while I'm shitting Teeth gritting, body yacht club bragging Union spitting, hitting police with donations A new weapons and a station and me I support it College boys club creation, learn your name later Human rights violator, world of light shader Working class annihilator Full-time job Terminator. 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 Good morning, pigs. Good morning, you fascists. You bigots. You fags. You pinkos. You bastards. Fuzz. Like if you and me should just finish it, or maybe we could finish it with Pat. Yeah, maybe finish. Maybe finish it with Pat. That'd be interesting. Because Pat could. Okay. If this makes the radio program, because sometimes you like to keep in ideas and thoughts. So Pip Skid and Gruff ended up living together. Right. And that's that's another big thing, too. Um, and they have crazy stories about them living together and, and what they were eating and being around each other being insane. Is, is probably the best way I could describe it. Yeah, um, two crazy people. Two crazy people <laughs> together. Uh, they they were as they said on record, and um, Winnipeg. Uh, at that point, two different styles in that group. Like I always found Pip to be more straightforward um, with his his rap style, uh, and 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 I guess his structure, as opposed to Gruff was more. Uh, elaborate and and uh, I'd say more I don't want to say beautiful but metaphorical one, more metaphorical yeah one was one was the straight goods and explosive yeah the other one was just like the watercolors and painting exploding on a page it yeah. was just two ways of approaching that just ended up forming very well together and making good art mm-hmm. um, because of what they held in, in together as political views. Winnipeg at that time was about to get into the Pan Am Games. They're talking about, there were rumors that they were going to put up roads or some kind of barriers uh, between certain areas in the city that had uh, people of different social economical backgrounds. Um, And there was was always a situation of of police uh, at the time and as well as the way that... um, Aboriginal people being treated in the city, uh, and it's it was almost like people did not want to were not blinded anymore by what their folks were telling them, or um, by what the media was being hush hush about. People on a certain level on the on the streets, and I hate this like it sounds cliche, but in, within the community, I should say of Winnipeg knew what was going on and needed more groups to be talking about it and and Winnipeg's a very artistic town and um Fermented Reptile was one of those groups that that brought up these topics man for sure um 
Yeah, because Winnipeg's got such a strong uh, history, like in the labor movement. Yes, and, and they were really they're really tapping into that stuff. And I know probably the first time I heard of Mondragon was probably a fermented reptile show. There yes, or something stuff like that. And um, it's yeah, Mon like to to to. to I can't. I, I I'm not even the biggest fan of fermented. I I came in later, um, in terms of being a huge fan of Gruff, and but I understand the importance of fermented reptile. They they're just that important. Mm-hmm. Um, never mind just sound, but politically and letting people be free, uh, of and your guys' music I think was influenced by that. He's oh yeah. Po- Right now, I'm pointing at just starting at, at Yai. And there we go back to the audio <laughs> description, man, that we were talking about previously. If you've listened to old Witch Police programs, um, that that we always talk about the audio description of what's going on. Okay, so uh, Milch and Allegra, and definitely yours with, with Gumshoe Strut's music, um, I always see a tool branch from that into what was or from Fermented Reptile, right? Yeah, definitely a huge influence. Yeah, and and it totally allowed people that were into their music to kind of find your guys' music. Right. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah, these guys are of, of like mind. Yeah. Um, and there's a I lot mean, of beyond like also like playing shows with them and, and doing small tours and yeah. things like that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it's yeah. This this city's I I find it very fascinating and the type of music that everyone makes, um. People seem to have their ear on the floor all the time, and even at this moment, it, or ear to the ground, mm-hmm. um, in engaging the temperature of the city. That's where rap always has played a role. Um, so it wasn't just fermented, but fermented was definitely one of those those catalysts and at a pivotal moment in um, in modern Winnipeg life, like what Winnipeg was to become, mm-hmm. um, and being the describers of that time. That's the best way I could say that. Sure. The observers. I mean, it was amazing that at that time, I th- we've talked about this on on the show before, but it's amazing at that time how you get these political underground rappers, kind of nerdy, you know, not not cool in the traditional sense, you know, not wearing stunner shades and nice clothes, but we're just drawing people to shows, like we're mm. we're you know packing. You know, the, like peanuts and corn were packing the pyramid at points. I mean, the, the collective was packed for these guys' shows, and it's it's really something that people, you know, I wish people who hadn't who didn't see it could have seen it because it was it was something really special. Man, that happens in every era, though. Yeah, that that, that happens in every era. Of uh, there are groups that we missed out on. Well, I mean, it's like the yeah. the lyrics that now yeah. are like are packing shows. So exactly, it's, it's not like it's not happening. But and then but. People that are watching the Lytics right now, when they get like five years from now, six yeah, years from now, like, they're gonna say, "Well, you should have saw when the Lytics were yeah. taken off," you know? Yeah, yeah. true. Um, so, so after the Fermented album, um, for for Gruff came his solo album, his yes. first solo album uh, called Druidry, which came out on Peanuts and Corn. Um, again, I'm sure um, you know some other members of Freak Show would have something to say about that, but that's how it happened. It was it was produced by Gruff and or oh, sorry by, by McEnroe. And as we were saying, it, you know, at the time it was it was kind of a, it was a watermark for for Winnipeg hip hop for PNC because the beats on that album are, are 
incredible. They're just mind blowing, and it's like I've I was list, I've been listening to it yeah. over the past week, and it, they're still mind blowing. It's just how he made those beats is, is it's incomprehensible. Two thousand and one, that record came out. Fermented came out in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Right. So in those two years, he was a lot of growth. But I mean, you got to think what what else came out in those two years? Like there was, can we we like park like setting? Park like setting. Was there anything else? I'm trying to look. There up. had to be because when did when uh, did uh, when did Friends Forever come out? When did Blunderbuss? Yeah, that come? came. Those all came out before Rough. Yeah. So yeah. so but and I like think, sorry, but Blunderbuss too is an amazingly produced record as mm-hmm. well. But there's a a huge difference there. Of now, where was it? Where was it that McEnroe started like? I maybe Fermented was the last one that he did. He would do the beats, finish the beats, if I'm not mistaken, uh, finish them, and then have the rappers rap over them. But the post production came you go. in with and that's. But the post production, okay. and this is what I'm, um uh, what I got introduced to to Gruff and now McEnroe's new way of thinking um, was. I want to say it was John Smith brought the cassette over to yeah. to the Wax Museum, and it was oh Roddy's just gave me the 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 demo, and we we're listening to it on the system. And is it the demo for Druidry? For Druidry, okay. And it was like whoa, this is really good. This is really good. Yeah. But then, uh, J- Joe John Smith says, yeah, he's not done with it. And it was then a, it was a few months afterwards. I remember that at yeah. my place. We had <laughs> McEnroe was in town from Vancouver, and I don't think Ruff had even heard it. Me and Gumshoe Strutt were living together at the time. Oh yeah, yeah your house on Sherbrooke. Yeah, were you there at that time? I don't know if I was there for that time. No. We had like fifteen people packed into this <laughs> like small small room with Roddy just beaming, playing yeah. us what he's done. And how he's changed these songs. And, and it was unreal. And then that's when the phrase, uh, I don't know if you're, if you're <laughs> hip to it, but uh, um, Murray Comperi, uh John Smith's younger brother. Also a producer. And also a producer. Right? Straight up said, whoa, he macaroized it. And that was like, <laughs> that was we kept on saying, and for the the records that follow Drewdry, we kept on saying, "Oh, I can't wait for him to McEnroeize it," because yeah, we hear yeah. the we hear the raw demos, and then it's like the post production, the things that he was adding to it, was was amazing. And then disenfranchised, totally went another direction again. Yeah, it was like yeah. he does. <coughs> Roddy does these moments of reevaluation of his production. At that point, he always wanted to keep sharp, but he didn't want people to think he was getting stagnant. That was the that was the thing with him, and when he was really into his music. Um, anyways, uh, but let's talk about Gruff, though. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, Druidry is... Listening to Druidry is like going on a journey through Gruff's head, and it's like that... It's perfectly named Druidry. Like, you know, he really takes you on this journey through nature and through space, and he talks about UFOs and and just fucking he's on another planet on that record yeah and and the, the way he I would, and just listening to it the way he writes his verses it's like i can usually tell like especially especially with a rapper who's who's an amateur and just in the sense of not making a living at it you can kind of tell where the cracks are and and mm. where he you know he kind of uh sacrificed style for substance or substance mm. for style and that just really almost never happens on this record it's right. just like the way he fits his words together and says everything he wants to say 
it's it's almost like these songs were delivered to him in packages from God or something. Like they're just <laughs> I, they're just I, so just well written. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, totally. I I feel that way about about Gruff like a lot. Yeah, and, just and, in general. Yeah, and and Roddy was saying that, um, with the Druidry record, it gave him the chance to actually have that idea of, okay. I'm going to have these beats laid out. You're going to rap over them, but then I'm going to add stuff because he knew that Gruff is always all over the place, but it's, it's precision, man. Yeah. And he has these ideas of rhythm. Um, he was doing spoken word at the time as well. Um, but his ideas of, of precision in terms of his, his syllables and rhyme patterns and so on and so forth gave Roddy the liberty to start adding stuff and mixing yeah. in as opposed to Gruff just rapping to the beat. Now Roddy was trying essentially to rap with the beat that Gruff is being is setting yeah. himself. Yeah. And and that made a perfect marriage and and it uh, allowed McEnroe to challenge himself. And that's something that like kind of I still don't understand about Gruff is his his writing style. Like me and Gruff are in terms of being kind of technical rappers, yes. like I relate to it, but I'm really mathematical and mm. I'm super conscious of where the, the one is, the two, the beats, you know, I think mathematically and Gruff just has that, but I don't think he has a mathematical mind, but he's got that rhythm and it, it's weird. You'll ask him to, to write a 16 for your album <laughs> and he'll come with a 32 or he'll come with an eight or, you know, like we just hear music differently, which, which happens commonly actually in rap music because... Yeah. We don't count music the same way, but um, but it just works, and he just kind of you know it's like hearing about how Nas for for Illmatic like uh, I, that's a more extreme case, but like you know Large Professor would have to count him in for for when the beat would start yeah. and stuff. Otherwise, he'll start on the one, or he'll start on the three, or or you know like yeah. he, Gruff just thinks of music in his own way, but it just it just radiates and works and comes through Gruff always reminded me of like what you'd consider a, a jazz musician he was like uh, Inner City Grites there um, what's their names again um, Free Self Fellowship he's totally cut from that that cloth yeah, right yeah, yeah. and um, it, expression with him is, is, is it's it's really is it's a beautiful thing Drudgery when you listen to it it's a rap record, but it is, it's painting life in, in, in such a manner. The best way to describe it, it is beautiful. It's a beautiful record. It's, it's, you listen to it and you have this experience. Like there's, what is it? There's The Owl, there's Age of Ice. Yeah. Um, Age of Ice is such an amazing song about how the earth will consume us all one yes. day. And we can't, like, it's such an amazing song. Like, fuck. Man, there's, um... What's the one with the dolphin, man? Oh, the one about the dream where he goes. Yes, where he mm. dreams about I've like the stream. And you got like, dream. don't fear death, and then and then he goes, he's like, where'd that dream come from? He wakes yes. up, and but you still like got like the political side yes. with like doing like the song about being a political prisoner and like. So he had all these sides, but they were always because of the way that he could string his words together and because of the production behind it. Roddy really was a producer there. He really was a producer. He was trying to match up with what his artist was presenting to him. Right. Yeah. Like it was. It was. It was really a, a tandem effort. Like where he yeah. was really putting McEnroe was putting an equal effort to what Gruff. Yeah. Was doing. He wanted yeah. to match up what what Gruff's sound was, mm -hmm. what he imagined it, what what he was projecting, and 
that's the way that Gruff is. He's very organic. And um, you, you, people need to pick up Druidry if you, if you haven't. And it doesn't still doesn't sound like anything else. Like, no, it doesn't. But, <laughs> like, and most local releases and everything, like people, you can spot some influences. You can't really... With Gruff, can you? No, can, I Can you guys put your finger on like, oh, he's... He's influenced by Feral Monch, or he's well. I like, think Inner City, like, or Inner Freestyle, yeah, Fellowship. Freestyle Fellowship. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, there's some there's some influences, but like, it doesn't sound like he's he's off in his own world. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. like it's like he grew up in a small town or something. Only here, you know, like only hearing yeah. rap through. You know, it, it's it's a different it's a his, different world that he's living. His in. parents are very much connected into the the folk music uh, community, so. I always wonder about the influence of of musicians coming by their house and and them listening what they were listening to at the time, right? Um, and how that influenced him as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know what he was listening to as like a kid before he was choosing his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, the gruff that is on Druidry is is a different gruff than what was with Freak Show, but that but you can still see but you can still see that yeah the seeds are there, but it's like it all of a sudden it flourished because it, like, it's not it's it's. It's not as nearly as an extreme difference between like Pipskid from Farm yes, Fresh and from Fermented. Like exactly. that's that's almost night and day. Mm. Or with Gruff, Gruff, it's like he just really all he does is he gets more political. Mm. Like he's already got this shit where he's going and he's going into his own mind and like you know describing his thought process and just with all these weird patterns. He's already doing that in Freak oh. Show, but he just becomes more politically yeah. aware. Yeah. I think. Oh. And I think there was there was. Uh, it, it also coincided with his, his spoken word poetry, mm. which yeah. he was really active in the local well, you know, you know, slam scene. And I really want to get into that, but I want to get into that before we get into his sound barrier stuff because right. I think I feel like that's that's really prevalent that. in yeah. that. Yeah. So maybe we should we should move on and play. We're gonna play the plants. Yeah. Off of Druidry, and this is this song is just insane. Like I was going. I was going through Druidry trying to decide what song to play off it, and there's so many amazing songs, but just The Plants is just something I had to play. Um, I mean, it's a song about how the plants are conscious, and, and they're, yes. they're, they're wise, and they're smarter than we give them credit for, and how they we owe so much to them, and yet we treat them like shit. And it's just um, and like the the passion that Gruff comes on with this song, where he's practically yelling at you, being like, where he's like, you don't recall, you don't recall, it was the plants. Like, there's nothing like man, that, you know. Every like, show during that era, man, when he uh, was doing the plants, people would be yelling it. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't matter if you've heard the song before or if you had it. It was just you could see, you could feel that passion. Yeah, and and Gruff is not one to get too animated a lot. Like if if you know him in real life. Not yeah, yeah. Okay. No, but I'm saying on like, stage, but, but yeah, on not, sta- but I'm yeah. saying in real life, like he talks very quietly. He's, reserved, yeah. he's yeah. very reserved. But then on stage, this comes out of him, and the plant, the plants, is the total. Um, you're good with words. I need a word here. Is the I guess the apex of of him being this different person than yeah. what he is with you and I. Yeah. Right, right. It is this passion that is almost like it's been swelling up since before a freak show and he's always wanted to make this kind of song mm-hmm. and he's finally able to do it and it's like god damn it this is happening <laughs> and it's it's so you feel happy for him but it's yeah. it spreads man it's like a, it's it's viral in that way right and that, that that's a total um 
give credit for a great songwriting right there. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about writing about plants. Like, yeah, I would never listen to a song about plants unless it was probably Steve, Steve Wonder. Wonder. Look, yeah. <laughs> but I'm saying like... To be honest, if I was like, if someone was like, listen to this rap song about plants, I'd be like, what, what kind of hippie shit is this? Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, but, but, the, but, he, but the way he does it is it's like, you get into it and you're like, yes. He makes a rap. He makes you believe that you should be talking to plants yeah. and you're an idiot for not. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever talked to a... I forgot what the word no, is. No, it's like, have you ever hooked up something to a philodendron? <laughs> and how they, they can understand, they can understand what you're going to say before you say it and this yeah, fucking yeah. crazy shit yeah, okay let's man. listen to the song this okay. is this is the plants by gruff the druid off druidry 2001 Connecting a lie detector to a philodendron To think of strange thoughts that not speak a word The more familiar the herb from any blocks you could be heard No one can merge without the power to observe The unified field from which they see the words before they're heard Ever see a herd of trees crawling beneath clay and soil Singing in symphonies that pre-writ the human coil Uprooted they boil in agony in tune to tragedy Neighboring trees cry fear how many ears pierce the apathy So exhibiting among us Dancing to beats that drumless They tug us with a rope Tied with psilocybic fungus The tribe that brung us Customs and cultures from life to death Try taking a breath of oxygen Without feeling the effects of the plants They adopted the human seed And prompted many others Becoming mothers of earth Bursting with beauty undiscovered Pursuing tranquility Quiet virtuous wisdom through the humility Gifts given have been of interest Medicine of tradition Has almost entirely been comprised Of those botanical lives Fending off our own Demise. Modern pharmaceuticals have become more suitably disguised From the plants that feed your eyes with taste buds to tantalize The plants have tried and try again, they try to harmonize Ask George Washington Carver who sang to his garden why The voice of the tiniest living things as significant as the largest size The plants they pardon our weakness, give us uniqueness An opportunity to take part in life's completeness I'm talking about the plants Right, I said the plants. I'm talking about the plants. That's right, I said the plants. You don't recall who sheltered you when you were just a child. You don't recall who fed you Homo sapien when you were wild. You don't recall who made the air so pure and clean. You don't recall but got the nerve to sit right in between. Who protected your weak, vulnerable body when you were naked, walking through the trees, appearing much less godly? You don't recall. You don't recall. You don't recall. You don't recall what I do. It was the plants. Talking about the plants. That's right, I said the plants. The motherfucking plants. The plants. The plants. I'm talking about the plants. The plants. The plants. That's right, I said the plants. I'm talking about the plants. You know, I said the plants. Talking about the plants, say some motherfucking plants. 
was uh, The Plants by uh, Gruff off, uh, off the Druid Realm from 2001. Um, yeah, like I think, you know, if you, if you listen to that song, I think you could see what we were talking about with the passion and, and the crazy concept and, and just, you know, how Gruff was, was on some shit at that time. Um, so it's polysyllabics there. Yeah, it's I mean, just the way he, yeah the way he the way he puts his rhymes together, and is also saying something that's mm-hmm. so intense is is really impressive. You know, I I find it's it, I'm talking about myself a lot, but trying to make you the the listeners understand a few things here. Um, you pointed out this whole thing of compromising. Uh, substance uh, for and style for style mm-hmm. or vice versa yeah and I find when writing a song it becomes very it's very hard to do that like yeah. as in terms of keep everything in line um, have an elaborate style or you have it's almost you, you need to find the right words um, but you also you want to be true to yourself right and you know you find a lot of those rappers where they their style is really really good and really tight but they're not saying anything they're not saying anything and thank then, you and then sometimes those same ra- rappers they have songs where they're telling stories or they're saying something and then their style's not that not good not that exactly exactly and when when you listen to Gruff it is it is Gruff you're listening to mm-hmm. that that is who you're listening to you're listening to the Garth Hall yeah, that's the guy you're listening to, and the arborist. The arborist. <laughs> this is he believes in in the labor movement. He believes in 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 uh, um, people in the police being accountable. He believes in 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 fundamental change in um in society I guess and, and looking out for your, your fellow man and so on and so forth um, as well as the environment well he must have some sort of like pagan and, and druid yes views of, of life of how we're all one and we're not separate from the plants and from the earth and I wanted to say that uh, there's a point when Druidry dropped and I interviewed him and that's what he said he goes I, I am a druid I am a druid the way I, I view things yeah I am a druid it's not it's not like some some fake name. thing a rap name it is he may not have everything in, in hold everything that druids believe to be true but he 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 understood that a lot of his points of view were very similar to to what the druids believed so he just labeling an album druidry just seemed so fitting yeah and that's that's good because when you listen to when you look at an album title you want to know what you're getting into. That in the and the, then, the picture art. It's and the 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 album the cover. Album, of album it, cover. Thank you. The album cover of this is, is. I'm not sure if it's him, but it's some shadowy. It's so, almost like he's a ninja in a tree. Yeah, he's standing in a tree, perched. Yeah. And and then they got the song "The Owl," yeah. on that record, right? And and that's and that's totally what I think of whenever I'm showing Rob Crooks the 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 album cover yeah yeah like it's a shadowy character standing in a, on a tree branch yeah with leaves and you can't really see who it is i, I, I imagine honeycutt took that picture because he it, at the time it was it was either mackinroe or um honeycutt that took those pictures because yeah. that's they did all their cover art right so yeah. he's also got a weird song on here about uh seeing a ufo which i find really interesting what's uh, that song called uh what is that song called let me just 
Yo, you gotta talk up a little bit. Is it trust your senses? No, I, I'm not sure which one it is, but it, it's the one where he, yeah, he talks about how he believes UFOs are flying around all the time, but they're on a frequency that the human eye can't pick up. Wow! And so this one night when he saw one, it was just because he was tuned into that frequency, which is like I don't. That's not something I I believe in. I definitely don't believe there's UFOs flying around all the time, but. For him to think that, <laughs> but it doesn't sound. It doesn't. It doesn't take away from my really enjoying that song and really yeah. thinking it's cool and on like another level. You're like, because there's so much stuff that on this record that I, I can't necessarily buy into. I'm not really a hippie. I'm not really. Mm. You know, obviously, I think we should treat animals right and not pollute mm. the waters and treat everybody. So there's a lot of that, but it's just just because I don't necessarily agree with it, I'm still really into it i really find the way he does it so interesting and so amazing uh i had someone uh, i was reading uh, an article and it was uh, it was on jay it was on jay-z and they were faulting him because of how he he's very materialistic so on and so forth but in that article, if you grew up with holes in your zapatos, yeah. <laughs> you'd be celebrating the moment. You'd be having dope. But the the point that the the this this article was pointing out was, people love Jay. He, the uh, the journalist understood why people love Jay because Jay Z is really good at just articulating what he's going through. Mm-hmm. He's good at articulating who he is. Yeah, and you get into his world. Yeah, you, and that's what Gruff is very good at. Yeah, on a, on a, like the polar opposite side of the world. Yeah, yes. it's it's yeah. it's but it's like you don't have to hold everything that Gruff tells you as true or you believe it personally or what Jay is telling you you have to believe. And people say, why are you comparing Gruff and Jay Z? But no, it's that ability that, and I I do sometimes compare them in strange ways because I think that they're that good at their craft. At well, Jay Z is an archetype. I think where you're gonna anyone in hip hop can be compared to him these yes days. that's true that's true but uh in terms of what that writer was saying being able to articulate uh so people understand what you were saying and vividly see it that's what gruff is yeah that's totally what he is and and that is that's a master mm-hmm. i'm throwing these words around but I, I i hold him in that high regard well i think i think uh yeah, I want to talk about this because I also agree he's a master, and I think Druidry is a criminally overlooked record, even though it's it has such a cult following that p- people who like it love it. It's like people who know it love it, yes. but just too many people don't know it. Um, but the next stuff I want to get into is the Sound Barriers album. Yep. And the Sound Barriers album is, is an album that Gruff the Druid did with DJ Brace. Juno award-winning DJ Brace. Ju- he right that's right he wanted he wanted Juno for his instrumental album Nostomania Nostomania um he was the DMC Canadian DMC, DMC champion, champion yep. in 2004 right around the time when this album came out anyways so this album is heavy on the cuts really sick cuts um the song I'm going to play off this well we'll get into that but this is we were talking about it a little earlier this is when this is the era where slam poetry was really big, um, and it was really big in Winnipeg. And you had um, poetry slams all around the city all the time. There's a lot of coffee shop type stuff going on, and 
you know, there were some rappers who kind of crossed over and I think maybe saw the slam poetry thing as something easy for a rapper to do and then they crossed over and were just shitty at it. They would just go and rap <laughs> a 16-bar verse and it would be dumb. But you had someone like Gruff who probably, I think, saw... You know, obviously he saw the similarities between rapping and slam poetry, but he the what he was bringing to poetry slams was not just raps converted into poetry. They were really these, you know, cohesive pieces that were really amazing and the way he would perform them was you know I think obviously his time being in Freak Show and in Fermented Reptile helped him you know elevate his his slam poetry craft because he was winning slam poetry things all the time and you know it's it's at the point now like you know almost 10 years later 10 years after the fact where I feel ridiculous even saying slam poetry like it's you know it's like it's kind of like a laughable thing. No one's going to go to a slam poetry. Or no one's going to go to a poetry uh, uh, slam but, but, tonight. But, but are, we, are we being ignorant? <laughs> are we being ignorant? Because we don't see the... Because, <laughs> because our associate's not involved in it anymore, so we assume it doesn't exist? I mean, I used to go to that... When I was, like, in university, I used to go to to not even poetry slams, but there's these, like, these groups of poets who would just read their poetry. It wasn't even, like, a slam. I would go to that all the time at coffee shops and yeah, stuff. You do and, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's your attitude. And that's. I wish. I wish Pipskid was here because obviously Pipskid and Gruff are such good friends. But hey, you should hear Pipskid talk about how much he hates slam poetry. <laughs> but uh, you know, like another rapper who's doing that at the time, Nerio, and I think Nerio obviously uh, was really influenced by Gruff as well. You can kind of see similarities in their styles. Gruff was at the point, and then this is this is good. This is a good uh, segue, sort of. Um, DJ Brace and myself uh, pioneered programs at the Graffiti Gallery. He had, Brace did the scratch program, and I did the the rapping. More history than just the rapping. The kids could come in and drop verses and so on and so forth. Um, but who else was involved for a few weeks? Gruff the Druid. Oh, okay. Gruff the Druid actually had a class on spoken word and slam mm. poetry. And... The guys that would come in would be Nario and his crew. Yeah, the BUT crew. The B- What's that un- what they're called? Built Under Thought. Built Under Thought. Thank you. Yeah. So they would come in when they were just either exiting high school at the point um, or in their last year. Who were the year. other guys in that crew? So there was, there was, there was, was Elicit. Yeah, and there was Roger. Uh, Roger's, <laughs> Roger's still around, but Roger's like, he's a working dude. What, um, was, what was his rap name? He didn't have a rap name. He was just... He's one of those straight up Just dudes. one of those dudes, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Who was the guy who made the DVDs? That was... Oh, He was from, gosh. like, DePaul or some yeah, like yeah, Flin yeah, Flon or some yeah, shit. Yeah, um, oh, He's going to be upset. Actually, he probably doesn't even care because he's more of a... Uh, in the Christian movement um, and, 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 and in terms of expressing his faith in, in that world. Um, but anyways, yeah, so they ended up putting out their own rap battles and shows eventually. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they totally crossed paths with Gruff as the teacher. Yeah. And um, it, it echoed on, you know what I mean? Yeah. So so, so Gruff was doing this this slam poetry stuff, but at the same time he was he was doing this record with DJ Brace and I think a lot of his his slam poetry pieces became songs on the Sound Barriers album and the song I'm going to play specifically I'm sure was and you could tell how his style was changing because his rhymes were 
were what you could call hidden rhymes in the sense yeah. that the rhymes didn't always come at the end of the bar, yeah. but they were like in the middle of the bars and they weren't always necessarily multisyllabic and they weren't always necessarily perfect rhymes. Yeah. They were just kind of words that, that had similar sounds in them, which, um, you know, I think when done well is really, uh, is my favorite way of rapping because I find it the most creative. Although there are those, there are those rappers who do, you know, exact kind of rhymes. Yeah. I always find like when you're doing multisyllabic rhymes, you can do rhymes where they don't rhyme perfectly. But if you're gonna do just monosyllabic rhymes, they have to rhyme perfectly. They have to. Yeah, it's good. That's 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 really good, man. Yeah. I, I find that. And and yeah, I'm 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 very much a monosyllabic when it comes to end of the bar. Yeah. And if you talk to the PNC guys, if you talk to Yai, mm-hmm. Yai will tell you about rhyming in the. In the middle, in the bar. middle, so and so, forth. and those, that's that was their steez. It's like Eminem will talk about that as well, but yeah. at that point, it, it wasn't like this. I'd say, yeah, this is this is post two thousand and one, two thousand and two, ninety nine. So yeah, people are onto what Eminem's doing and so on and so forth. But the way that that Gruff does it is so liquid. Mm-hmm. It's not this. Uh, almost like a, a, I want to say like Cool G Rap is machine gun flow. Uh, Eminem's very aggressive. Um, uh, I don't want to say machine gun flow, but it's 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 not a staccato. But out of anybody in the world doing those polysyllabic t- type of rhymes, Gruff is the most fluid. I I find it's well. well it's, it goes back to what we were talking about before of like now how they're not only only multisyllabic, but how they fit cohesively yes. into uh, you know a tight verse that he's saying something he starts somewhere and he ends up somewhere he's always conscious of rhythm and how that's going to play out and his breath control is also impeccable which 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 is a, a thing I'd like to bring up um, in terms of him recording and performing uh, you have to be physically fit to do it and Gruff is one of those guys that he would be He's a he was a physical or I couldn't say was or is I should just say he had to be in top physical form to be able to rap these verses. I remember hearing stories about from Cutdown about Freak Show being on tour and the way the way they would uh, get the way Gruff would wake up and get out of bed in the morning was he would just bolt up in bed, hit the floor, do fifty yeah. push ups. <laughs> And then he was up. He was ready to go. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> that's 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 gruff, man. And um, and you know, and being on tour with Freak Show too, you're you're with a bunch of dudes who are you know gonna eat McDonald's and eat whatever. And gruff <laughs> is just like, you know, he buys his his tofu at the grocery store and is just eating his tofu in the back while everyone's eating Big Macs. He's <laughs> committed, man. Committed yeah. to a lifestyle. Uh, Sound barriers record. Uh, I, I want to say also did something that that I hadn't seen in Winnipeg at the time. They did a mini tour in Winnipeg. They played two different dates, um, and well, because for their album release party they had like three different dates. Yeah, three. Sorry, I always want to say two, but it, it was three, right? Yeah, because it was the collective, which uh, well, Albert. Albert was another one. And then there was the coffee shop where the poetry slams happened. That's right. Which okay. is where Dead Fish is now. Yes, yes, yes. And I I got them to play a, um, uh, a fundraiser uh, with me for the Rehabilitation Center for Children at that same location. 
and um, I remember just wanting to 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 see what they had. I was I was really curious about this whole project, man. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, I I I've never been more excited to see one of my friends play. Yeah, than that in real in in honesty. Well, and I think another ahead. thing is that that record, the Sound Barriers record, that took a long time to come out. It was well. I mean, it was it was it was what two thousand four, two thousand five. It says it was released two thousand five, but that's on the PNC website on Discogs. But I remember seeing Gruff and and uh, Brace uh, routinely. Brace every week actually. So I'm still at the Graffiti Gallery, but Brace would be talking about the progress of this record, and it would be it happen and then it stop like any record that we're a part of yeah you know what i mean like that's the nature of well, being when a musician. you're when you're not making money off it exactly that's how it works so and then all of a sudden he announced it's ready to go but i want to just go back to the chronology because we have druidry which we played it was 2001 yes and then this record's not till 2005 but in between freak show was doing this stuff so freak show put out terminal edition they put people in your neighborhood and they put out the paper but people in your neighborhood is is prior to Druidry? To Druidry. Okay, so you yes. had Tournament Edition? Tournament Edition, which is old material. And you had Paper Cuts. And Paper Cuts, is Gruff on Paper Cuts? I can't remember. I assume he is. I can't remember for sure either. I'm. He's got to be. I've got all these records and I have them in no order No, he is, he is for sure. Because he. I know he raps on that song that Gumshoe Strut produced. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. And so he's at least on that song. Okay, but I, think so, he's, I think he's on 20 Minute City too. And, and, and... Which um, is a great cut down beat. Yes, Oh, that's that's a great song. Period. Yeah, it is. Um, so, and two thousand five also is the release of Hopeless. Okay, we're gonna get to that. Though. No, but I'm saying that. Yeah. Though, but is I that know the same year. Yeah, it's the same year. Oh, really? But it's it. But I know that's how I know that Discogs and it has it wrong because it has the PNC which had their distribution uh, um, that at that distribution. point. So it came out as a CDR. And Brace, forgive me if I say it was a CDR and it wasn't, because one of the homies did the artwork on it, which is great artwork. Yeah. Um, and so th- I want to say it came out maybe 2000 and the later part of 2004, I want to say, like officially, and then it got distribu- distributed by PNC in 2005. Okay. That's that's what I want to say. I want to say it was a 2004 record. Okay. You know what? I, I got more to say about this but I want to talk about the song and the release the release party but I want to talk about it after we play the song because okay. I want to reference the song so okay so let's uh, play it. Um, so this is withdrawal off uh, the sound barriers record from 2004 2005 a little bit of a gray area let me ask you a question what do you want you know a lot of people are a little confused in reality as to what they want out of life. I would like to try to define some of the things that I think you want. I personally am convinced that one of the things that you might want is money. I want money. I want money. I want money. Hey yo, I'll trade you some money for some money and some more money. Doesn't anyone else have money to hold? I'll take care of your money. I'll dress it up in gold. I'll 
protected from being sold Free of dirt and free of mold Not too hot, but for damn sure cold Good old fashioned money My money, no my money Yes your money How much do you got? How much do you get paid? How much do you want? How much is at stake? Give me all your money Because no, I have not had enough I'm trying to feed my great 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 grandchildren With silver spoons because they deserve it Give them a million right now if I could Hell, you deserve it too And we could do it together We could make enough to make everyone hate us But wanna be us Wanna be free like us Don't adjust, get you so excited You could be rich, don't fight it What do you got to lose? Doesn't matter, it's worth it You could be rich, goddammit You could be so fucking rich Hugely rich, Hugely insanely rich, rich. Insanely rich. Disgustingly filthy fucking rich It's a lifelong race from start to finish cigarettes because I ran out yesterday. Now yes, it's your right to make money, but what about the messages you convey? Don't play dumb, you should have played fair, but you created a need out of thin air as if it had already been there, man, I swear. So many things to buy and own, so many trying to get by who can't even find a home to live in. So many dreaming about getting, but not about giving. So many scheming about taking just to keep living. It wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't lying and cheating. If we actually focused on what people were needing, like healthy eating, tasty eating, which wouldn't have to be 10% real food. Sacrificing our health for a profit, which is not just real huge, but disgustingly gigantic. Why do we need to keep a cash boat afloat that's larger than the Titanic? It's obscene. How do you make mud clean? How do you take something away from those who haven't got nothing? The value of a human being, measured in dollars People chained to their jobs like a dog with a leash and collar But it's all how you see it, see? Cause people just don't know until they grow up broke Cause poor folk are not the people seen on TV Trying to sell you things But they aren't just people hustling on the subway trains and buses and streets Trying to sell you socks, tapes and anything Just to eat, just to just eat, to eat, just to eat so, I want money Fill my pockets, fill my pants When you die, give me everything you have When I die, fill my casket with cash Then light me on fire Watch me take the money with me As I rise into the sky And smoke an unfulfilled desire You'd be amazed at the number of people Who refer to cold, hard gas Well, it's neither cold nor hard It's just a soft and warm feeling I want money I want money, so much money. I want money. I want money, so much money. I want money. I want money, so much money. I want money. I want so much money. I want money. I want money. I want money. So that was uh, Withdrawal off the Sound Barriers album. Um, I remember I remember specifically the 
you were saying how there's three different releases for that party in yeah. Winnipeg, we're, and uh, we we're trying to figure out how many there were. You say there was three. I think there was at least three. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? There was also there was one at. Um, remember that big show at the Blue Agave? Blue Agave. It was like it was almost like the there's a huge oh, hip hop thing there. I that think, was the place that I met Bird. Oh, that makes sense. And then that's like I think that's. I remember um, who was that group? Def Three and Ira Lee were in. Uh, Dead Camp Bounce. Dead Camp Bounce had like their album released there because I remember them having their when they put out that EP they played it at the collective and then they came back and played the Blue Agave and for their their CD that their Freak Show CD that that album that came out on Freak Show. Do you do you remember what the event was? Was that was that for Peg City Holler? What was that for? It was no, it was like a Peg City Holler, but this was after Peg City Holler had died. It was like. Um, I want to say it had something to do with Butterball, because wasn't there like a, a turkey on the fucking poster or something? Oh my gosh, you're, yes, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh! But anyways, I, <laughs> I, want, I wanted to say about this album, release party, the one that they had at the Collective, it was, it was packed house, it was such a crazy vibe, and when they played that song with Draw, the one we just played... I remember at the end of the song, Gruff putting the mic on the ground and then just yelling to the crowd, I want money. And then the whole crowd was going, I want money. And so Brace just like cut the beat out and the whole fucking collective packed, like full, <laughs> just going, I want money. And I think it's I think it's interesting because like you had this under there was this completely underground rap scene going on that was really built up in response to how commercialized and materialized um, mainstream hip hop had become, so for like this underground rap show, for this guy to be saying like "I want money," I think a lot of people misinterpreted it. And in fact, I remember someone coming up to me and I'm like, "How do you like the show?" And they're like, "I liked every song except for that one song about how I want money," because you know it was because it was like, you know, it was just oh yeah, the crowd that was there. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but I just don't think that person understood, and I think that also that person, um, you know, came from a rich background, so it's like you know the. Oh, most, that's what you think too. Well, yeah, because because I think it's the it's the more rich you are, or the more rich your background is, the more you don't talk about wanting money or having money. Okay. It's like you were saying I was Jay Z's materialized. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got that line. It's because, you know, you didn't have money growing up. So when you have money, you flaunt it. Yeah. yeah. But when you have money, you don't flaunt it. When you come from money, you don't flaunt it. It's well, it's, they, it's they flaunt it in their own ways. But it's considered gauche. Yeah. Or yeah. to talk about it, right? True. Um. So yeah, I mean gauche. that was. But that was. But that was one of my. That was one of my favorite moments from that era of Winnipeg hip hop being so big and so vibrant that show was just it really I, I remember it so clearly it was such a crazy it was such a crazy moment and I'm really happy I got to experience it um, it's unfortunate what came after <laughs> because I think Winnipeg Hip Hop after that took a huge nosedive it wasn't exactly after that but it wasn't much longer after that where a Winnipeg Hip Hop show couldn't draw people yeah we're we're and and you have you we're have, we're in those at that era 
it's past the eight mile. It was past. Yeah. Like there's battles that came um, during before that. It was like the whole movement got wrung out. Yeah, I think he, I think it just happened with independent uh, hip hop in general. Yes, it did. Yeah, it, it just it wasn't just Winnipeg. No, it, yeah. the the availability of like the record sales went down. Like for everything in music, it went down. Yeah. But uh, Winnipeg hip hop definitely got hit. There was there needed to be new blood that came in, and now I mean we have uh, Winnipeg's most uh, like groups uh, of that of that stature that are able to draw now. Yeah, I again, think I think it's right? I think it's being built up again. But there was a definite there was a definite lull. There's a definite yeah, lull. Yeah, there was, and and, and it could have been in people's people not even wanting to listen to rap anymore. Too. It was that for sure that, and I think I think it was the guys who were running things like the McEnroes, the Marty Mashinskys, who who even before like me personally as an I guess an artist and a fan before I even realized there was a lull. I think you had those guys realizing that. All this work they were putting in, all this money they were putting in, even though it seemed like it was going somewhere, it wasn't paying them back. It, money wasn't coming back. Oh, I've heard I heard Martin say on a number of occasions at that point where he's like, "I'm not going to do another show," but then he'd do another show because he loved it. Yeah, because he I, loved it. And yeah. I think that's why hip, Winnipeg hip hop was hit so hard because if you don't go to a place where you know, there's more of a crowd for that kind of music. There's just more people in general. You're gonna get hit the hardest because there's nothing to fall back on. There, there was no, there was no like kind of the the, the core hip hop crowd was very small. So as I was saying before, that 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 uh, fermented, and I think that we agreed, fermented reptile spoke for a lot of people at that time. Yeah, they were able to pull the strings. Um, and make people pay attention because they actually believe what Fermented was saying. Not everything, which which is natural, but they were speaking to what they're saying, a, a majority of their fans believed it. Yeah. It's like they really, and they, it a lot of people in Winnipeg uh, understood what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came out to the show in droves. Um, I've had this conversation a few times also in terms of with every generation of local musicians or musicians, period, there comes people that have discovered you and that have grown up with you. Yeah. They end up getting lives, uh, kids, jobs, whatever it may be, jobs that demand that they wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning uh, the, or 6.30 in the morning, um, getting kids, getting a significant other that may not be into the music. Life catches up with you at a certain point. Yeah. Then you cannot follow these groups that you loved so much. Yeah. Um, and the things that they were saying then that applied to your life do not apply anymore. Mm-hmm. So then that music is part of your generation, your experience. But then there's this whole new set of kids uh, that never heard this first record uh, from a local group um, that are unable to get into this product because there's no one that they know that's actually in to that music. Or, um, or they're not into those those same those same ideas. Yeah, they're not having that yeah. same conversation. Exactly. Like, exactly. like Winnipeg, I think of the fermented reptile era. Even though I think that it still exists in pockets, it's not as prevalent as mm. it was back then. And to to get back to what I I wanted to say before, I think the reason that Gruff 
has been so kind of silent lately, even though he's 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 putting on a new record now that we're going to get to, but I think he put out Druidry, which I think we all agree was awesome, amazing. Mm. And then Sound Barriers, another amazing product. And then and then what? It's like you you did all this work, you put you put out such great product into the world. And and what? Nothing. Like sure you can fill the collective. You can you can have three CD release parties that are all well attended, but but nothing after. It's like it's like a cloud of smoke that so, blows away. So here's where I'm gonna fill in. So um PNC at that point, they were dealing with um I wanna say oh I guess you call them a publicist right now. Um a servicing uh type of um yeah, let's say publicist. Might not be the right term. And they were paying them to service radio stations. Mm-hmm. Roddy decided that, and and Steve St. Louis, another guy that, uh, a DJ that in the city of Winnipeg, um, they were they wanted to approach things differently. Steve's more like a consultant. Um, they had Breadwinner Music, which was also a distributor uh, and and uh, publicity uh, servicing uh, entity that they they came up with uh, later on, but. Roddy wanted to try and step up and be on the level of the other independent record labels and in 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 the US. At the time he had even um MF Doom approach him and put out one of the secret herbs or special herbs uh, series. Um the beats that, yeah. that, that have been reused over and over again. Which never point. came out, right? Um because of all the samples and Roddy that's, that's Roddy not, That's not a story to tell. Okay. That's not a story to tell. But there was an incident with with Doom and and, uh, and McEnroe that maybe on a later episode you could ask McEnroe about it. Okay. Because so McEnroe has a lot of stories about rap and him dealing with it and him being the oddball out all the time. But anyways, so he was putting out these, these records and there's a series of them at that time. So uh, I'm going to go to my Peanuts and Corn website here and I will tell you a series of them. So you had The Gruff, Hopeless CD, uh, Farm Fresh, Time is Running Out, um, and then there was The Disenfranchised, The Pipskid and Macro, the the 12-inch or whatever it was, the CD, um, as well as the Break Bread EP. That actually is wrong. It should be Break Bread EP, Macro, and Bird of Prey, Disenfranchised, and Farm Fresh. So those were those are the ones that were in the agreement. That they were gonna push heavy. Gruff may or may not been in that mix, but he was. It was. It was of that era. So yeah. it, like Roddy wanted to build up. Yeah, Roddy wanted to build up momentum for Peanuts and Corn because he wanted to see if it works. Uh, the the history of McEnroe of making beats and being the the head of Peanuts and Corn is he's a trained engineer, photographic memory. All right, goes into engineering graduates from it and decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. He tries to run the label exclusively and try to make money off of it and help out his friends and artists because he believes in them. So this was his last hard push. Um, That and the breadwinner music uh, material. So he wants Gruff to put out a record. Gruff is writing. 
He has Pip Skid in the picture, and Pip can talk about this more. Pip and Gruff were living in the same building at this point, in for on Furby, living above each other essentially. Um, Two fourteen Furby, because I lived in there at one point as well, and so did Bird of Prey. And I could vividly remember these sessions and trying to close out this record, and Pip inviting myself over and others, but Pip and I watching. Um, hanging out in, in, in his apartment, so, trying to think of this hopeless record and so on and so forth. And we're watching Airplane, Leslie Nielsen and all that sort of stuff, right? Uh, and Gruff and I are getting crazy, <laughs> like acting insane, banging on things, all sorts of craziness, talking, yelling, rapping, so on and so forth. And it's like five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. And we leave. Pip gets these notices about, oh, your place is too loud. Da, 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 da. Again, we go acting crazy. And Gruff and I over there. The next and it's, <laughs> it's like probably two weeks afterwards. Okay. And Pip's like, I can't have you guys over here anymore. Like together, it's too much for me. It's too insane. Um, but the sessions, uh, remember writing for, for Hopeless of the Posse Jam on there, which is... What's that, the posse jam on the, the hopeless one? Butcher's Bill. Right. Okay, so Butcher's Bill is also one of McEnroe's first ventures into directing, mm. which he does a lot now. Um, that's what he makes his living off of, actually. Yeah. Um, so we're all in there, and there's 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 Yai, there's myself, there's John Smith. There's a whole bunch of us sitting in, in Pip's apartment because Pip was almost like a producer the uh, they I want to say A&R that's the best term and he was supposed to get Gruff ready to record this record when Roddy shows up back in town and so he was also recording his uh, Pip's mixtape was being recorded at the same time too so all these things and ideas you had to focus Gruff and and they'd tell you the same they really had to focus Gruff on writing the best record he possibly could and it was just a matter of them almost playing Ghostface in Raekwon. And uh, Pip playing the supporting role to, to what Gruff's Raekwon was, the the, the, the militant labor environmentalist um, with, with his styles. And that's how that record became so so different from Druidry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's like the, the last... I, I remember that era very, very vividly in, in terms of Roddy, what he was trying to do, Pip going off on his own because timelines and then Pip wanting again to put out more music and uh, not having to rely on somebody else to put it out for him. Uh, and, and, and Gruff just being there too. He's kind of, he takes his time to write sometimes. And so what have you, because you're talking about how McEnroe was trying to make this push and this this album that we're about to play a song off of Gruff's Hopeless it just so he tried to make this push and then, and then what happened it just didn't work what, out what happened yeah that's that's the big that's the big biggest thing man and it's like did well, it was just did the, the bottom climate. just did the bottom just fall out on the independent rap movement did I people did, just not yeah. get just not get peanuts and corn it, like on on a wider scale Cause it, um, but there was peanuts and corns all over North America. There was, and and it was charting well. Like it's 
there was reviews that we were reading and 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 some people got it some people didn't it's like what is what are these 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 white boys from winnipeg trying to rap about like yeah is this for real um and also the they had the in that i still maintain this in in this that whole push why would you have a split ep on there as opposed to a whole album and it was just like you're trying to fill out a requirement that's honestly what it seemed like because it was the McEnroe and and Pipskid uh, Funny Farm 2 EP and Disenfranchise like um, yeah because Disenfranchise already did it come out at that point oh it was um, yeah yes okay so Disenfranchise already came out I can't remember if there was like new songs on there or what but it was like the convenience EP. Yeah. So then, then you got so this is part of it, and oh yeah, it, how can you build up momentum with having the, uh, uh, a split EP like that? Look how big, look how big Pipskid's pants are <laughs> in this picture. <laughs> but but anyways, that's no that's no slight to them. It's just he was trying out uh, several different angles of how to. To make this work for himself and his and very talented stable of artists. Yeah. And um I really like Hopeless. I think Hopeless is a great record. Uh and and it, it allowed us all to hang out and and make music, which they all they all had the experiences of, but it was kinda like <sighs> definitely the changing of the of of uh or Taking the temperature of an era. Okay, so this the song we're gonna play off this album. Um, Sorry to keep talking. Like no, that. that's great. <laughs> uh, the, the song we're gonna play off this this album, "Gruff's Hopeless" from two thousand five, um, is "Process Assimilate." Oh, wicked! Uh, the reason I wanted to play "Process Assimilate" is because um, I just wanted to show where, like, through, for this whole show. I, I mean, I wanted I wanted there to be lots of themes. But one of the themes I wanted it to be was uh, to focus on was Gruff's how Gruff's style developed, mm. and this song I think is another turning point in Gruff's oh, style yeah. um, because the way he's putting words together here is unlike anything else, and he's doing it on such a such a competent level that it, it, it's it's really another mind blowing song to me. And he he continues this style, and the last song I'm going to play from his new project, I think, is just a continuation of this, where he he puts words together. Where I was telling my friend about this the other day, I was explaining to him why I wanted to do an episode on Gruff. He never really listened to Gruff's music, and I was explaining to to him about how, especially Gruff's new style, the way he puts words together, it it sounds like he's saying gibberish, but then when you when you when you listen. It's these full form sentences mm-hmm. that are just saying something really intense and really intelligent. And um, this song, Process Assimilate, just the way he, 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 I don't know how to describe it, but the way he kind of just turns on his words and cuts his words in, to fit into these kind of patterns and styles, it's, it's really impressive. And it's something that he's continuing on and he'll do on his, on his uh, release after Hopeless that we'll talk about after. It's, it's like you, you notice his dedication to his, to his craft when you listen to him. Yeah. Uh, 
as as a as a hip hop as a rapper as a writer you you realize the dedication that he puts into his craft it's i've dropped lots of parallels between rap and and, and lots of people do between rap and athletics but it's kind of like you're going into traffic in the lane playing basketball and you're right-handed but you got to switch to your left cuz someone's coming at you and you know you're going to take the contact and it's things like that um, that Gruff is able to do with with his words, mm-hmm. he's able to prepare. It, it's it's become such such a thing of beauty that you understand that not everybody can do what he does. That's what I'm trying to say when I describe someone switching switching hands and going into the lane and be able to take contact and hit the shot, and or doing a fadeaway um, when a bigger competitor is on you, and they're just as quick as you are, but you just your timing is that good. And it's just because night after night you're practicing, and that's that's what Gruff is. He you can't take him lightly. He's he's a heavyweight in this. Yeah. And and the, the again the best word I can use to describe what he does it, it's beauty. It's it's art. It's it's beautiful, and it makes me want to rap. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of people I could say right now that make me want to go and say, oh I'm gonna rap because some people are driven by competition. Yeah. Okay. Some people are. Driven, I'm not one of those people. But I want to be inspired. Mm-hmm. And listening to Gruff, and I don't know if you feel this way, but listening to him inspires me because I'm like, wow, he just did that? Mm-hmm. Well, he makes it so much his own, and that's yeah. something that inspires me for sure. Jeez, man. Okay, so I want to I wanna get into this. So let's play, uh, this is Process Assimilate off of 2005's Hopeless. Crack hips, don't crack whips, can't sit, act quick, advance, don't pass up chances, have lived life, sing, laugh through madness, right, that's it, that's it. Crack hips, can't crack whips, can't sit, act quick, advance, don't pass up chances, have lived life, sing, laugh through madness, right, that's it, that's this. Crack hips, can't crack whips, can't sit, act quick, advance, don't pass up chances, Surful construct, wind pull conduct on surplus, whole monstrosity, city living, civilized prison, bending wisdom in a rhythm, risen on a mission, strong casualty, gone gradually, the good, strong family, move beyond the limits, live a long fantasy, chance to be on tip top, canopy, tick tock, hip rock, rip shot, psychotic kids flip, got the wrong tragedy, hoodlum took good glum, look wood, ungood, some stood strong, but still no one took them down. Ground look, ground foot, gravity We the mad, put the sound strategy Averaging ten bucks a bushel Friends cop a book for vocal in the bathtub Half eating mad grub Glad submarine, that's grubby cleaning Half stuck between the cock and the machine But buddy's been gone fishing on Steady chipment on shipments long Sipping on strong spirits fong Gripping on songs savagely Have it your way, sure stay, pure play My sore thumbs half suck, I can't suck The core stain numb, dumb it down But stun the nerds, bums the word, curds and Way are way too fun to serve Sounding like a thunderbird Blocking out the sun squint The gun's absurd But my bullets bite I pull my birthright Hold my girth bright Work it like a searchlight To search night and day Find a way to fight today Learn twice today Grind away at life decay Fight today Strike tomorrow Like an arrow Wipe the sorrow Clear the marrow Barrow bar Boil bile Soil tiles Full the trials Tarot told tales Over miles Old whales can't 
survival with the battles at hand Until you're back in the saddle, so get up style and demand And if you haven't a rattle to shake your shadow, we'll dance So every smile that you make, accept the fact that it lands Like sunlight, process to simulate, keep changing Rearrange to generate momentum, guns blazing, feels amazing Okay, so uh, that was Process Assimilate off uh, 2005's Hopeless. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, just, just another good example of what a wordsmith yes. he is. We didn't use that word for him yet. We haven't. The whole show. It's, it's, it, you know, it's kind of cool that we made it that long talking about <coughs> a, a rapper's rapping and we haven't used wordsmith, we haven't <laughs> said lyrical. Um, lyrical. Oh. <laughs> He's so fucking lyrical. I can't stand that word. So, so super scientifical. <laughs> scientifical madness. Da, 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 da. My status is the best. <laughs> um, yeah, you were you, you were saying you wanted to uh, say something. I was, that was a prime example, by the way. When I said scientifical madness, I go da 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 da, and then you go, you filled out the rest of it. Yeah. So Gruffin, Gruffin, myself, we suffer from an affliction. And Gruff beats himself up about it sometimes, of forgetting lyrics when performing. Mm. And Gruff is very hard on himself because he comes from the freak show, whole ilk, right? Yeah, you're letting down your your homies. Yeah, yeah, and and also that high level that they set themselves on, right? Yeah. Um, but because of the way that Gruff's rhymes are structured, and he anybody else I'd be like hey yeah you should remember your stuff like I say sim- the simplest things I shouldn't be forgetting my lyrics Gruff is not forgetting his lyrics Gruff is because it's so precise and things are so fit together so perfectly syllable per syllable and the rhythm and the words the way that they're flowing and the the, the multi-syllabics and, and, and the rhyme patterns that are going it makes it so increasingly hard to do what he does that there's always a risk that something may happen that goes off the track but it it doesn't it doesn't even matter mm-hmm. because of that's how good he is and and it, 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 i'm trying to gather my thoughts right now but it's 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 something that we've talked about a lot and uh it's just the 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 difficulty of his rapping is so high that uh, he beats himself beats himself up over it mm-hmm. when it comes to performing. But it's really hard to do what he does. Yeah, I I don't know if I've done justice to it. And the the amount that when he stands on stage and he's in peak form, the amount of energy he expends. Yes, that's that's another thing. Yeah, it's it's not just saying it. Anybody could say a rap. Yeah. No, it's he's physically involved in the act. Yeah. And 
until you see him, you don't understand. Yeah, and he's got this like he must be into Tai Chi or oh, yeah, yoga. He's, or he's some into. Shit. He's definitely into you, all that. You could tell where he just conjures this energy from inside him and just you know puts it out into the world with such force. But we might be giving him too much mystique now. Well, he's a mystical man. <laughs> he's a mystical man. <laughs> okay, so I think uh, I'm gonna. This is uh, we're gonna we're about to play the last song. And I, I don't want to clarify. It's not all the time that I, I'm not trying to make it sound like it's serial a bunch of times that that Gruff forgets his lyrics. No, it's on the rarest of occasions. But when you see him, you understand that it's possible for it to happen to mm-hmm. this guy because he goes in, man. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks for listening. This has been Witch Police Radio. Um, if you want to check out other episodes, they're all on the website, which is www.witchpolice.com. Um, I think this is this episode is going to be somewhere within the 30s. So we have a lot of uh, a lot of episodes before this one with a lot of different uh, guests, and also usually the other hosts, um, John and Sam. We kind of alternate because we're all busy people so it's 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 rare that all three of us get in the same room but uh um you can also hear this live it's not live it's recorded you could hear it recorded on umfm <laughs> on uh, monday nights at uh, 11 p.m and uh, you can also check us out on facebook we're at uh, facebook.com slash slash we are the witch police and we're on twitter at witch police fm um, I am Rob Crooks. You can check me out on Facebook at witchpolice.com slash Rob Crooks Music and on Twitter at Rob Crooks and my own website www.robcrooks.com. Um, our guest from earlier, who you may have noticed, has left. Um, Danny, aka Y, that's not it, aka Yai. I think your ventriloquism just stopped when it uh, had to perform his voice. My brain. <laughs> um, yeah, so Yai, that's spelled with two Y's. Yeah, big uh, Y, little Y. Big Y, little Y. That's why that's why we call him Big Little. Um, so I'm not sure if I don't. You can check him out on the Peanuts and Corn website for sure. I'm not sure if he's on Facebook as an artist, but just if you want to look up his stuff, which you should, because it's really great. Uh, you can check him out. Just Google his name. I don't think there's too many other pages yeah, and, out there under. And Yai. he's he's working on some new projects. Yeah. Um, he's gonna be if you're listening to this uh, across the water anywhere. Uh, he'll be in Belgium doing some shows. Um, I don't think this this will air by then. Well, this is no. Gonna... This this is the podcast. Yeah, the podcast will be up by the time he's playing shows. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if if you're listening Maybe. to the podcast, what's the date right now? Who cares? we can't say the date here. You can't. We can't say the you'll date, ruin but, it. But we'll say that he is he is performing in September in in Belgium. So. So check them out. Just check them out. Do a search, um, and you can do a search on Marathon of Dope. Yes, he'll be on because he'll put some music out on Marathon of Dope as well. Yes. Um, so our other guest is uh, Elliot Walsh, aka Nestor Windrush. Uh, I'm working on product right now, and um, hopefully it comes out in the in the near future. We'll see. Uh, I want to say another thing, just that about hopeless that we, we talked about earlier is when I hear Pat talk about Pipskid Pipskid when I hear Pipskid talk about that record with Gruff like during that era you totally understand that that's that was a, a record of friendship and it sounds naive and, and bizarre um, 
But it really is. Mm-hmm. It's like they wanted to work together and they were hanging out and it was truly it was it was a partnership. It was a friendship and that that's I think that's like one of the coolest things possible yeah. at least that I've I've been around in in this rap thing was two vets getting together and trying to push themselves and making a record because they like hanging out with each other. Yeah. And you can see it like when they, when I get the chance to be around both of them, you can see how much they enjoy each other. Yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it seems like it's not something that happens as often anymore, but you can see how much they appreciate and they each pick, other. They pick, they, they really do pick at each other for their faults and their weak, like their weaknesses and their strengths. Yeah. But they appreciate all angles of each other and no one else is going to get away with that with them for the most part. Yeah. And it's, and they know that they, they, they genuinely love each other. And that's what, that's what, that's why I really like hopeless too. Right. But anyways, um, I, I, I think it's so interesting too, that the album's called hopeless and how we're talking about how like gruff didn't put out another record after hopeless. Yeah. (laughs) And that was 2005. That was eight years ago. Jeez Louise, man. And, um, you know, it's funny because Peanuts and Corn, even though Peanuts and Corn is still around doing work, you know, they're obviously not at the level they were. And, you know, it's kind of this was the, like we we're saying, Hopeless was the last push. The good news is, is that Gruff has a new record coming out. By the time you hear this, this it might already be out. Uh, it's coming out on Marathon of Dope. So, you know, maybe it's out already. Check MarathonofDope.com. Marathon of Dope is a record label that Pip Skid started with his friend uh, from Belgium, Speed Dial 7. So this gruff record coming out on Marathon of Dope is going to be completely produced by Speed Dial 7. I've got the chance to hear it, and we're going to play a song from it here. And I think it's really is really great. I think Gruff, you know, Gruff really hasn't missed a step. Like he, even though it's been eight years since he put out a record, he hasn't you know he hasn't lost anything he's still rapping just as well and and just as innovatively and just as creatively as he ever has and this song i'm going to play it's called i think it's called yamaha um i don't i don't know if i have the official titles for the song so hopefully that's the right name for the song but this is just i think this is a continuation of what we just heard on process assimilate where the way he strings his words together it's like like i said before i think more so in the case of this song it's like he's saying gibberish, but he's actually saying something really interesting. And 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 the the reason I say it sounds like he's saying gibberish is because the way he uses his rhymes and the way, particularly on this song, the way he's rhyming vowel sounds like a and o sounds, and just in the string of of words, it just sounds like he's going da 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 da. But it's he's saying these he's saying these really interesting, you know, creative, intelligent things, and it's. It, it's this. It, I think it's this really perfect marriage of what we were talking about before, style and substance. Mm-hmm. That you know, it, it's it's really it's incredible. It reminds me of like Peace or Mike and Nine or something. But you know, it's it's really unique at the same time and and uh, really incredible. And I'm sure when this record comes out, if it's not out already by the time you're hearing this, it's going to be free. And I think you really need to go and download it and give it a chance. So, do you have anything to say? I think we're going to sign off. So, unless you got something to say, I just want to say that. Yeah, that's that's. I just want to do something for clarity's sake, but it doesn't matter. 
What? Clear it up. Do it. Well, we just say that it was the last... We didn't say last hurrah for PNC, but things changed after that. There was a few records that yeah. followed, and Peanuts and Corrin put out records with Herbnet, the John Smith record, just recently. Yeah. Uh, so things have changed. And Macro's put out, like, some... He's been steadily yes, putting stuff out. steadily been putting stuff and, out. But and, and the other guys, like, yeah, is going to be putting stuff out. John Smith has never stopped putting yeah. stuff out. Pip's Kid never stopped putting stuff exactly. out. Berta Prey hasn't stopped putting... They're still exactly. putting music out. It's just... But it's, it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's, and 2004, 2005 was totally that moment of where things got different. Because after that, it is Berta Prey, Get It Done... Uh, Park like setting craftsman John Smith's uh, growing pains um, followed, but then there was a two year lull, and then yeah. it was just Macaroon. Yeah, and um, so things definitely changed after that big push. Yeah, so we're 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 talking about gruff, but we're also talking about Winnipeg rap. Yeah, and you know what, man? And you don't hear anything from Freak Show anymore either. So. No, but this is this is what we didn't. This is what we didn't talk about, man. Why Winnipeg rap changed so much? We we alluded to it, but another key element in why Winnipeg rap changed so much was that Macaroon moved to Vancouver. Yeah. Sunil moved to India. Yeah. That was the end of that. Uh, and Move Rough continued on, but then uh, Garfield Odario, mm-hmm. well, the people know him as Garfield at that t- point, he moved out to Toronto. Well, I- so it was like the three. Cornerstones and Shades is involved in there too. They've been putting out stuff since '95. Yeah, I think I, th- yeah, I think actually they've been. You know, it's. It, I don't think we've mentioned Shades enough. They were. Yeah, def- yeah, yeah. they're definitely important. And, and, too, and but the only reason why we weren't mentioned, and I want to make sure because those those are my my homies, and they're probably more valuable to me than any group in Winnipeg. That's just that's that's just me saying that. Yeah, like yeah. they're, uh, I really, uh, they they did a lot for me. Anyways, um, so. <laughs> the fucking keys. The keys, man. Get the fuck out of here. They're like, this show's over. So, but, yeah, so we didn't include Shades too much because they were with Peanuts and Corn. Yeah. And with Mood Rough mm-hmm. and with Farm Fresh. Yeah. And so I want to be very clear that it was Peanuts and Corn basically versus Freak Show I think I w- a lot of the time. I want to say one. I like. I don't want to. I don't want to go off too much on this because I think we've talked about it. We've talked about it, and enough. we want to end the show. Yeah, and I, n- I need to go <laughs> eat a piece of food. But I think, I think that you you alluded to it earlier in that we were talking about all these groups and all these people who were spearheading these groups, and really the the the, uh, the like the business side. I think. Yes. I think there was. Groups who came after, you know, like I'm one of those people who came after, but there's no one to pass the torch to in terms of the business side of it. Yeah, there was there was a definite gap for a long time. There was artists, but there wasn't anyone who was who really knew how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And like for me, I you know I'm I'm still learning how to put on shows correctly and how to put out records correctly. And, you know, I wish I could have been, you know, when I was, you know, really starting to come into my own, like when I was 21, 22, I wish I had known how to be the the, the business guy that McEnroe was or yeah. that Marty was, but I just didn't. And I don't think there really was anyone who was there to step in. And, it, and it's, I think more so than there being a lack of talent, there was just a lack of the business side yeah, of things. Yeah, because, I mean, we had people like, um, like Bear, 
Bear stepped in yeah. and started promoting shows a lot too. But yeah. you knew that they were trying to feel things out like anybody else. Yeah, they really were. And and uh, but now it's like the scenes kind of establishing itself again on on a on a grander scale. Again, saying like Lytics, Winpigs, most. Um, and there's still us old guys that are hanging around like yeah. Peanut and uh, and Wob ever so often when he decides to rap. Lorenzo is another guy, but it's. Streets a, Streets radio station has changed things a lot too. Streets, yeah, Streets has changed. I, I forgot to mention that, yeah. Because Streets has changed it, like it's it it's for better or for worse. I think more f- so for better for yes, sure. But, I think for better, but by it, far. But it changed it in the sense where, as before, you had to kind of be filtered through the scene because you had to pretty much get a show through people who were already putting on shows, yes. and they had to accept you. They had to okay you, whereas now anyone can kind of get a single plate on streets anyone could put up a YouTube video it's not just streets but it's yeah, just the whole advent of technology video, but, uh, the different pieces of, there's a lot more different pieces of the puzzle to make this puzzle as opposed to we had less pieces available to us yeah that's 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 that, is that a good way to describe it I think that was the whole thing with hip hop in general because it was basically an underground culture for the longest time it wasn't time. pop music at that point yeah and so it was just becoming so as people like the scene was regulating itself yes Yes. But we could talk about this forever, so let's just end it now. <laughs> so thank you for listening to Witch Police. This is um this is Gruff's brand new song uh called Yamaha. It's off his upcoming release, which might be out by the time you're listening to this, so check for it. It's called Two Cents Squared, it's off Marathon of Dope. Uh thanks for listening. We are an equal opportunity, nailing to fight for unity. Take it true to community, make it use of full scrutiny. Mutiny from the orderly, orderly in our movement. Be moving through the majority, over to show improvements. See, lubricants run machinery, freedom be the viscosity. Choose it to come to see how we people live in hypocrisy. Speaking about democracy, treating people like property. Weak from the taste of robbery, seeking escape from poverty. Ponder these somber embers like smoldering cocker timbers. But gold it be knowledge entered, devotion beyond the bodily. Physicality visit. Within limits, it's dizzy and with simplistic vision, intrinsic source of shifting energy, mentally, give to living, too rich to just suspend in that blink thing that exists within until your last breath was fluent. Listen, then listen, then drift indiscriminate with them when we get twisted in reality. Distant winds extend and slip out of me. Sourly sweet as plastic, get riveted readiness. In duality, limited, my wealthiness are penniless. Our sanded, the salary will diminish, best will balance We finish what we began with from minutes to gimmick gallery. Who knew this fool through shoes like jewel spears? Guy, guy, this ha 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 is Yamaha. You do in Seuss news and you lose your ears. Yeah, yeah, to knock you, drop your chakra. Who knew this fool through shoes like jewel spears? Guy, guy, this ha 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 is Yamaha. You do in Seuss news and you lose your ears. Yeah, yeah, to knock you, drop your chakra. Shaking you on another one. Express.
expression of expression Forever in love with rendering Pleasure from our obsession Ascending above digression And better to mention Chances, endeavors, and up unflattering Happens to be an entrance requirement When imagining Tireless in our rambling Rational thought is exiting Chances we just start messing up Has to keep them from guessing The answers are worth a mention But fleshing is for the question That being what deadly vengeance Could pattern this into sentences Deadly, the word is operative Sending no one to heaven Just blessed present dimensions Aggressive while the intention is Lit like like riptide tried and shit like it's slightly imperative Give it this life, cause life definition Shit might get scary, kid Poltergeist, peregrine, falcon, flightless Like bitch and penguin Dress the nines, I'll find that spine line Just might drift off into limberness Hoops goof, cause it's like limbo No, don't get low, just take it so Like turtle, snail, or bingo While intercepting this tempo Simple, my craft like Geppetto Off the path like Hansel Gretel That's our level to let go Unlike Roman Greco or Gecko Shaking you on another one.